This is Josh Bear of your favorite comics, Raw Power and Suspect Device, and you're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. Sound like it was in a barrel. It kind of did, right? What's Even I heard that. Yeah, it's a little strange. Do you have a bucket on your head? Not anymore. No KFC? No KFC. Hmm. Anyway, really well, I was going for bucket. Who does wear Kentucky Fried Chicken bucket on his head? You don't play the guitar, though. I do not. You I used to, cool. I used to rock the sax. Sax? Yeah, you did like Kenny G. So sweet. Hold it, right? That's cool. Any not Christmas until my Yeah, man. Well, dried up. Like Joan Rivers' puss. My Dusty. He knows how to give me a stroke. Full roster tonight. A very packed show, so we gotta yeah, keep it moving. Keep tight, right? right. Moving. Well, I, wow. I don't know about right. yeah. I don't know about tight anymore, but I'll try and be right. Why a little loose? I haven't been tight in like a decade. What's up with that? Hmm. What is up with that? They make uh, there's surgical procedures now you can do to yeah, uh, you can tighten that up. It'd be like Neil Neil uh, deGrasse Tyson dropped the microphone and say gravity. Boom. Because mm-hmm. the Earth is <laughs> tropical and shit. The Earth am flat. It's flat, yo. Yo. Sure. Well, listen, we got <laughs> step one out of the way this week. What's that? Step one of the master plan. We got rid of Trump this week. Well, it's just it's the caucus, and and I know that. Uh, nah, I mean, not. yeah, I I do. I I'm pretty sure that this is the, this is the beginning of the end, fam. I'm hoping. Yeah. <sighs> now we got to get rid of the the guy that doesn't believe in evolution, which is most <laughs> of the Republicans. But yeah, and then we'll be left with the guy that's pretty unappealing himself, but at least he's not a complete maniac. <laughs> I mean, we lost, and we lost two today. We lost Santorum and and well. Randall. I mean, it's not like we, we lost them the day they saying, entered. I mean, yeah, I know, like, I know. I'm just saying they officially dropped. That's like saying you're cured from cancer. You you do not have Santorum. I saw an uh, I saw a uh, an onion headline today. It was like I'm paraphrasing, but the headline said something like Jeb Bush campaign manager is hopeful that he's gained enough momentum to convince him to to end his campaign. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> awesome. uh, look at us all being topical, right? It's true. It's true. Bernie 016, son. Would be nice. Hey, everybody. It's 11 o'clock comics. Indeed. Episode 406. I'm Vince P. Wow. You don't sound at all excited so, to be here. You are a very, very happy and peppy and excited. Vince here. I, <laughs> <start snoring. laughs> I'm David A. Price. Uh, I cracked myself up. Uh, yes, indeed you are. And I'm going to whoop show Nuff's ass because I am Bruce Leroy. No, you're not Bruce Leroy. Ha-cha-cha! You're Jason Wood in the house. What up? Yeah. We got, I got something a little special for you this wow. week. Wow. Mm-hmm. No, no lead in at all because of the, uh, the, the newness of what I'm trying to do here. But 
I didn't get a chance to peep the DCBService.com specials no. for the month, okay. which are up, by the Good. way. So we're going to play a little game. Okay. Now, I have loaded... Wow. Well, let's do it a little bit differently. I'm going to set my search returns to 20 per page. Okay? And, David, I want you to pick a number from 1 to 20. Uh, nine. Okay. Wow. Good choice, David. Written and drawn by, oh no, this is just written by Masamuni Shiro and Io Kurada. Artist is Io Kurada. And it is called Appleseed Alpha Graphic Novel Volume 1, which has been resolicited for whatever reason. Uh, it's coming from Kadansha. Cover price is $19.99. But if I have to tell you what Appleseed is and you're a fan of, of manga, shame for shame. Uh, the DCBS price on this is 45% off. $10.99. Nice. Now, Jason, I'm going to give uh, offer you the same services. You pick you're a number use from fan service, or sure, you pick a number from one to let's go thirty for you because you're bigger. Oof. Well, I'm yeah. gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with my with my, with my soon to be teenager's uh, birthday. I'm gonna go with sixteen. Okay. <laughs> Jesus, ah, uh, from Marvel. It's uh, written by Sion Park and Various. The artist is Wu Bin Choi. <laughs> it is Avengers K. Trade paperback, volume one. What is Avengers K? I, Do we know it? I just read previews this weekend. I'm trying to remember. Is it? Yeah. Avengers versus Ultron. And this is the special direct market edition. Um, now, this is the sweet part. Cover price is $24.99. Your price, $12.49. That's half off. And uh, I'm just going to go ahead and pick my own. From Vertigo, it's about damn time. The first collected edition of the Sean Simon, Michael Allred, Matt Brundage joint called Art Ops is available this month. $14.99 cover price. It collects the first six issues, by the way. And you will pay only seven forty nine. Do the math. That's awesome. That's a great deal. It is. I'm getting it. Avengers K stands for K is for Korean. It's manhwa. I know it. I know it's, it. Uh, so oh, apparently, it's... there's a very successful line of Marvel manhwa that's been going on in Korea for many years, and this is an English adaptation of uh, of of one component of it. Well, I should have known that, judging by the the names of the creators mm-hmm. involved, huh? It does look like manhwa now that you, uh, uh, and it says right there. Leading Korean publisher, Daiwan CIs, whatever. Yes. Um, so yes, Discount Comic Book Service is the ultimate, awesomest. They're just plain old the best. You can get your books, get them fast, get them delivered right to your door for a fraction of the cover price. All you got to do is fire up your internet browsing device, plunk your choices in. It totals it up. You put your payment info in and you will have books delivered to your door. It's crazy easy. DCB Service. Com. They are the absolute best. That's awesome. It is. You know what else is great? Your face? Well, sure. Yeah. You know what else yeah. is great, though? Mm, libations. Yes, indeed. Speaking uh-huh. of that, what are you washing down that sultry, crackly throat of yours? 
I feel like Bonnie Tyler. I'm drinking uh, eclipse. again, perpetual IPA. I have a few bottles left. Okay. This is actually Joan Crawford's favorite beer because it's from the Trogs uh, Independent Brewing Company. Start calling you Nurse Vince. It's how long these bottles last me, but that's cool. Oh, Will damn, Pi- Milkman Vince. Will Pye forgot that Joan Crawford joke. That's about it. And you'll be seeing Will in it's true. weeks because you've booked your trip. Maybe Zach will get it too. Maybe. Yeah, he's pretty sharp. He Speaking sharp. of getting some, uh, David, what are you getting to drink? Uh, I am trying something new tonight. Uh, this is a California red blend from 2011 Word? from, uh, Primal Roots. Yes. It's a, uh, contains. I think the, you got ice in it. No, that was my ring on the bottle. Okay. Uh, <laughs> ice and wine. Uh, I know. Yeah, we do. Uh, includes the raw qualities of Merlot, Syrah, and Zinfandel. Oh, the Zinf. Yeah. Wait a minute. Okay. Without a long explanation, ice and wine is bad. Yes. Yeah. You don't water it. Oh, come on, dude. Don't water down. What the hell? You can chill it. Like you know, a lot of people will will put white wine in. Like if you're gonna waste time drinking white wine, you can put some ice in it because. And shrimp. I mean, put some shrimp, shrimp in it too. Yeah, just make a yeah put some shrimp in it, like Forrest Gump. But if you're gonna drink real wine, which is to say red wine, putting ice in it is like, you might as well just like peeing in beer. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It is actually it's like put it's like putting ice in beer then. Because no, who does that's that? a, no, well that's bad too. Yeah, it's just bad. You just don't don't. The only thing you okay. put, put a little ice in some kind of you can put some ice in some whiskey, something yes. like that. And we have yes. Yeah. Um, I am drinking. Uh, something I've drank many times on the show. Uh, it's, it's one of our favorite house reds, uh, Close de los Siete. It's an Argentinian mm-hmm. red blend that we get quite often from our, from our favorite wine, wine, winery, uh, in the area. So yeah, very good. Very good. It's go to, awesome. just a go to, you know, it's always a bunch of bottles in the house. Go to stuff. That's the comfort yeah, too. Yeah, good, man. Comfort food. It's the same, same thing with comics. Like, I don't feel bad about, Talking about Spawn or Savage Dragon or, you know, cause that's, that's my comfort zone. That's my go-to books. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just like your wine. And it also implies that very little effort was, uh, expended in choosing it. Which, oh, you know, du- double edged, no, double edged sword. Double edged sword. I have to say though, earlier today, and Dap will appreciate this, I had, uh, an absolutely delicious, uh, glass of, of Macallan 18. Oh. Mm-hmm. Why is that significant? Oh, it's just a very nice 18, it's an 18-year-old scotch. Wow, cool. Yeah. And it's a single blend, right? Yeah. Or, yeah, a single malt, rather. Yeah. So that, that drink was on this earth longer than your oldest child. Yeah. yeah. Of course. Yes, indeed. Look at that. Indeed. So before we jump into the comics, did you guys, this, I know we don't always talk about the news. We're not like a news show, but I saw something I thought was pretty freaking cool. Um X-Files? No. Um, well, I'm not, I mean, I have no issue with talking about X-Files, but, um, but, uh, so Angoulême, the, the world-renowned yeah. international comics festival, um, did you see what won best series? Oh, shit. Um, I did not. Miss Was Wong. it? Awesome. For real. And this is more significant than people may realize because this is the first time in Angolem's long and storied history that Marvel has won the Best in Show Award. Wow. 
I mean, it's impressive. For those that don't know, and we've mentioned the show before, but Angoulême is a European show, and and most often it it, it the awards go to European graphic novels of some kind. And I've read many of them. I actually often look to see who wins these awards, and then we'll try and buy them, especially if they make English adaptations. But uh, I think that's pretty cool, man. Like again, that's just like the fact that, considering how dominant Marvel and DC have been in the overall world's comic sales, to to uh, for this to be the first time that the the House of Ideas ever that's took from the Miss Marvel. That's I mean, yeah. I, there's so much awesome about Miss Marvel to begin with, but I mean, the fact that it's not. It's not the flagship. It's not, it, it, it's not a long standing character or characters or a title. It's, it's, well, although a Secret Wars, there isn't really anything long standing, but I know characters that are still, that have been around for a long time, uh, for Miss Marvel, which has the, uh, I don't, I don't want to say controversial, but I mean, there, it, it, it's, it's a Muslim superhero and, and you know, the people have their issues with that and, it's it's a great series. I absolutely love it, and and I think the character is fantastic. Um, so I'm I'm that's great. That that's just fantastic news. Yeah, I th- I was hoping for them to win the one year when uh, I thought it was a shoe in too. Uh, Jonathan Latham and Farrell Dalrymple. Oh, Omega, 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 Omega the Unknown. unknown. Yeah, I thought serious. okay, Marvel's going to take it this year, but alas, it was Very not to be. Series. And Gary Gary Panther was in that book too. So that's that's what that I was thinking, you know, maybe they'll say, all right, we'll look the other way because it's a Marvel book because we have all these, you know, powerhouse indie creators in here Mm -hmm. and, and a God, Mm -hmm. but, but they didn't, but this is really cool that, uh, and it, and it's Marvel universe proper too. Yeah. Yeah. Not icon, not, not, uh, not an offshoot, not max. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Mm -hmm. Good for them. Kudos to the creative team. uh, Speaking of icon real quick, I, uh, read Huck number three. And at the end, because it's a Miller World book, you have a preview for an upcoming Miller World series or title, uh, which is drawn by Stuart Eminen, but it's actually being published under the icon imprint at Marvel. Yeah, I saw that. Looks good. So I, well, it's Eminen. Why would no, it? No, absolutely. Yeah, it looks fantastic. Yeah. It's, it's, it's definitely, which bums me out, I guess, because it means he's not going to be doing a few issues of Star Wars in the near future. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, um, it was, I was, obviously it's, it's Miller's thing. It, it's, it's published by image, but I mean, it's, it's his, it's his book. He can do whatever he wanted, his image. So, uh, it was just neat to see, the, um, you know, I'm doing this book, but it's going to be put out. And that's, that's his first Marvel work in a while, I think, since. What's that called? Enchantress? Empress, right? Empress. Okay. Yeah, I was. I have that circled. Nice. My sharpie. Cool. Cool. Yes. So we're so gonna. What did we? What did we? Yeah, read I was gonna say we should week? jump into some comics because we have a special guest coming on later. It's true. So we uh, we'll get some comics out the way. I have something that I think um, David will appreciate more than Jason oh. because David um, was buying hot and heavy into Marvel during this time, but not the same books that Jason was, well, maybe, but um, an area of Marvel that I can almost guarantee that Jason was not buying. Huh. I don't know that there was such a thing, but... Well, we'll see. We'll see about that. Okay. Uh, this, this is published by Image. Go figure. But, um, and the tagline, as I so gleefully 
repeated for a whole month. Um, oddball artists, twisted writers, demented editors, office politics, hamburgers, and a dead stripper. It's Ted McKeever's pencil head. And, and what it is, is a black and white, thinly veiled, semi-autobiographical take on Mr. McKeever's time at Epic. But not the Epic under Archie Goodwin. Right. The Epic under Karl Potts. Was that the heavy hitters era? With sax and yeah, violence? Yes, and, yes, and, because okay. there, there's, well, well, I'll tell you all about it. Um, McKeever calls himself Poodwaddle. That's his name in this book. And, um, he's burning the midnight oil, drawing, um, it's really Metropole, but it's not called Metropole. Um, it's called Monorail. Uh, so he's, he's, he's trying to get a, a real, try to bear down on his deadline. And, um, he just about makes it. He's, he's about an hour and, and, uh, change late. But, um, while he's drawing, he breaks a pen nib and, uh, happens to, to look at his window and he sees this creature, this inky, inky black creature and it crawls into the window and it's, it's dripping this, this black substance from its, its extremities and it's got a little dinger too. So it's real. Um, and the, the, the creature touches him and he, Loses some teeth, but he wakes up at the drawing table. He fell asleep at the drawing table. He imagined it, or did he? And, um, gets his, gets his bearings, brings the, the stuff into, um, Happy Time Comics, <laughs> aka, aka Marvel. Yeah. And, uh, when he walks in, um, Carl Potts, who is called Plots in this, is having an, an argument with the colorist. And, uh, the colorist is questioning Mr. Potts's, um, demand that something be blue. And, uh, Potts says, I want it blue. It'll, you make it blue. Or, or you can work somewhere else. Sure. Yeah. And, um, he, he gives, uh, McKeever the business. He's like, Hey, you're late. And McKeever said, You said by Tuesday. It's Tuesday. And he's like, yeah, you know what? You, you keep up with that attitude. You can go, uh, you can go work somewhere else. That check you pick up at the front desk, that's going to be your last. And McKeever's like, why the fuck do I work here? Um, and he gets his free complimentary, uh, which means free, uh, copy of, of the last is- issue of Metropole. And he's looking through it and he's like, what the fuck? They put, um, sound effects. Uh, which one normally encounters in the Capes and Cowles books in his um, Metropole comic. And he's not happy. He's like, I, I didn't do this. And and Carl Potts says, no, that is to attract the superhero crowd. That's brilliant, isn't it? The superhero books have those things in it. If we put them in your book, the kids will read it. The superhero fans will devour it. And Ted's like, whatever. Um, there's an assistant editor that David will find very funny. But, um, so the fantasy aspect comes into it. Um, Poodwaddle meets a friend at a strip joint, uh, a bottom of the barrel strip joint because all the ladies are looking sad. Mm. Well, it's Ted McKeever. It's like two in the so, afternoon on a Monday? Yeah, yeah. And they also serve burgers at this strip joint. Um, and the, the, the strippers wear 
undergarments with burgers on the crotch. Uh. You know, guys are looking there anyway. Why not sell the burgers, right? So things happen and a hamburger gets slapped out of someone's hand and a piece of burger gets lodged within a stripper's throat and she chokes to death. Poodwaddle and his friend beat feet out of the, uh, the strip joint and, um, the narrative goes on its way here. But there are lit, if you're a Ted McKeever fan, you're going to notice little, um, nods to other, uh, of his works. Like there's an Eddie Current nod. There's, uh, one, uh, for transit on the subway, no less. So, uh, it's, it's double, but it's, it's, it's just a strange that, you know, that's redundant when you're talking Ted McKeever. It's, it's a slice of life blended with fantasy from a time period that I'm guessing Mr. McKeever would like to forget. And, uh, the art is a couple notches up the slickness scale for Mr. McKeever. It doesn't look like Metropole. It doesn't even look like, uh, McKeever's previous work for Image, which, um, I popped a boner when I was telling you guys about this. I assumed, and we all know how bad that is, that Pencil Head would be in the Golden Age format like McKeever's other work for Image. It is not. It's a standard size black, black and white comic published under the Shadowline imprint. But five issue miniseries. I, I'm really curious as to where this is going. How much fantasy are we going to uh, see and how much of this is going to mirror McKeever's experiences at Marvel and with an indie comics publisher, um, they set it up in this issue. It's, it's awesome stuff. How many issues have been out so far? One. This is issue one. So he's been, he's had this, he's been wanting to get this out of his head for, for a long, long time. time. So, yes, so there's, there's some, time. here's some things he hasn't been able to let go of then I'm guessing. Right. And you said, is this the, uh, Midnight Men era? There's, um, a shot of, uh, plots and on the bookcase behind him it says sucks and violets okay, yep. midnight meh <laughs> um alan legion, legion right samurai puss uh lame, <laughs> lame dog which is not true at all uh trash ryan like mckeever's not holding no it. no no he's not uh i loved it it, it, it's, it resonates a bit more if you were actually alive during that time and bought those books and read them because you, you, you have, the frame of reference. yeah, you're grounded in the history. Right. But e- even so, maybe this will compel you to go back and, and check out that period of Marvel because I think it was a very fruitful time. The books were, in my opinion, very, very good. Uh, even, you know, the lower end of the scale, I'm not going to name names, but they were, I think at the time better than what was happening in the regular Marvel universe. Like Midnight Men, I enjoyed that very much. Probably more than everything but, you know, amazing at the time. I will even say Fantastic Four. Fantastic oh, yeah. Four wasn't all uh, that, wasn't all that great back then. But great stuff. Yeah. And, um, it's published by Image, which seems to be McKeever's home. Good for him. I'll look for that. No, it's great. Oh, yeah. I want to read it. Yeah. Jason, I think you'll dig it too. Yeah, I'm looking at, I was just looking at a little, a couple of the preview pages. Uh, it looks good. Yeah, it definitely sounds uh, appealing. Much more, um, polished. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that's not a dig. When I buy a Ted McKeever book, I want the raw, visceral. Yeah. 
I remember seeing this cover. Smudgy, yeah, yeah smeary blacks. I mean, I, I think that you were right. The cover's okay. a very good, no, I'm sorry. The cover's a very good indication of what you're going to get because that's tight mm-hmm. for McKeever. And what were you saying, Jason? No, I was going to say to your, to your opening point, I, um, I, I wasn't reading all of the epic stuff, certainly, but, uh, I know. But there were definitely pockets of stuff that I enjoyed. Like, I, I, and I know you were talking about this. Uh, like a little bit different early, but I, I mean, I love some of that stuff, like, uh, obviously Silver Surfer Parable, um, what was that Havoc Wolverine joint? Oh, yeah, but this was after that, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, Meltdown, yeah. Meltdown, right? Yeah, Meltdown, yeah. Love that. John J. Muth and, uh, J.H. Williams. No. Mm-hmm. No. No. Oh, John J. No. Muth and, um, wasn't Anderseni. Who wrote that? No, the Simonsons wrote it, but it was, they were both painters. Oh, okay. It was John J. Muth. Oh, Ken Williams. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot the Simonsons wrote yeah. that. I, I had never you know, read Alien Legion until me... Chris turned to me, like, gave me the whole series to read, which I read what, many years ago on the show. Um, it's Void Indigo, certainly. Ah, Void Indigo is my favorite. I hope. That's my bibbo. Red Star, certainly. Yep. Void Indigo made such an impression on me, and it was one graphic novel and two single issues. Yeah. And that was it. Yeah. I didn't ever read because, uh, Coyote. Still haven't actually. Never. Oh, Englehart's Coyote's great. Yeah, it's been it. It's been re, yeah, Scorpio Rose. It's been reprinted mm-hmm. um, at Image since since yeah. um, that. You you should and uh, you should check it out. And you didn't. Uh, you didn't. Oh, that you didn't mention good. Tech World by William Shatner. By William Shatner, I read every issue of that. Mm, that's one I did not read. I, uh, I read the first couple novels, so I had to... It's like, wow, he looks just like this character. That's awesome. My buddy Nick would buy that because he was a huge Star Trek Shatner fan, and I'd give him the stink eye every time he pulled it off the shelf. I'm like, why, why are you wasting money on that shit? Right. You know, it's like Leonard Nimoy's Primordials. You could tell by the title you're not going to dig it. Right. But he, he soldiered on, I guess. Was it good? I, I you know, I can't speak good? to it. Yeah. It was. It, I just want to write Tech World in the no, show. No, you know you should. It's probably the most famous of all. This is Gru, right? Oh yeah, and the longest running. Was Marshall Law part of this? Yes. Well, it was yeah, part of the heavy hitter stuff. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I was gonna say I read that. Uh, Marshall Law preceded the heavy hitter stuff. Yes, but it was part of the the when they tried to bring it back with well, okay. with Saxon okay. Islands and, and yeah, Captain yeah. Confederacy. Mm-hmm. And and Crash Ryan. Is, uh, I like it. I still like it. I like Steel Grip Starkey. I, yeah. I, I really didn't find displeasure with anything out of Epic. The, you know, like Spider-Man, there was always a, a certain enjoyment level and, and it either stayed at that baseline or, or elevated. So maybe I mean, even Sisterhood of Steel loved it. Didn't read mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Yeah, it was a bold. It was a bold line. I mean, they did, and they did. They did the Mobius stuff, the Distant Soul reprints. Yes, yes, I have all they, those. they did a version of. They brought Akira to the U.S. Right, they a version of they, Akira. They did. Uh-huh. Yep. yep. So that, no, it was it was a quality imprint for sure. Yes, it was. Oh, yes, definitely. And um, the magazine that started it all, Epic Illustrated, was fantastic. It really was. Word At up. the time, pound for pound, as good as the magazine it was trying to uh, eclipse, and that was Heavy Metal. Yes, sir. Yeah, great stuff. It's Archie. Archie Goodwin. The Archster. So, it, it, so our man Dak gave us some homework. Well, he did. He did. Yep. Can we tell the um, what our homework assignment was, David? Say again? 
I said, would you like to tell the world what our homework <laughs> assignment was? Oh, man. Well, go for the one. The, the oh, single, single issue? issue? Okay. Be like yes and go for the one. Yeah. Yeah, our, um, there were a couple of things. We, we, well, one we, we teased last week and another one, another series we teased a couple of weeks ago. Um, during our 11 o'clockers, but, uh, yeah, I, I had, um, Vince kind of spoiled it last week with his in your travels. Uh, but I tend to we, um, the goal for this week was everybody was to have read, uh, American Monster number one published by Aftershock written by Brian Azzarello, beautifully illustrated by Mr. Wando. Wando. Uh, it was, uh, well, I, I, I believe I mentioned to Jason that I felt it was somewhat Elmore Leonard-esque. And I was yeah. curious to know if you felt that way. Definitely. Although to be fair, like it was in my mind from jump because you mentioned it and then I'm reading it. So I, I definitely was like looking for the vibe, but yeah, definitely. Okay. okay. I can't speak to that. Hmm. That's because you're not, you're not cultured. I'm not. I don't read with my pinky out. Uh, but there, there is boobies in the book. There, yes, yeah. I don't quite know how old those boobies are supposed to be, really. But uh, Snow has some nice ones. Yeah, nipples are huge. Yeah, they are. It's it's something in the water, man. It's all right. Um, but I, and no, it's it's. I, I like how we were getting to know. We don't know everybody yet. We 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 just it was. I thought it was a pretty solid setup issue, and, and there was enough there to want me to come back for the second issue. Oh, sure. Just the last, what, six pages? My God. It's insane how brutal this book is. Yeah, yeah, I want to know about, you know, the, the, the vets and, and, and this dude's problem and, and who these guys are out in the field with the whole, uh, who's going to kill who first. It, it was, I, well, just, I, I, I want to hear what you I got to say, I've never seen in any genre, whether it be film, TV, in a novel, I've never seen a situation where two people were, had their arms bandaged or taped up <laughs> together and then guns in their hands forcing one of them to shoot each other. But, you know, that the mechanism of drawing them bound like that was interesting because I, you know. It, it almost guarantees, you would think, the, the shock, uh, the system shock to your body and your, your, your nerves when you're shot in the head that regardless of who shot first, oh, or the if, next, yeah. if one shot and, and the other didn't, that, you know, the, they're duct taped together yeah. and their, their hands are duct taped to the gun yeah. and, and around the trigger. So a dying body tends to twitch. Yep. Mm-hmm. So you're guaranteeing in a sense that both parties get their, get their heads blown off. And then if it doesn't happen, well, we see. An alternate version yeah. in this book. Yeah. So, man, and the colors are fantastic. For real, they the were. Skies it's are beautiful. It's cool. You know, we what was it uh, two years ago that we spent some time talking to Juan? Yes. Yes. Two yeah, two long years. Time, yeah. And he had um, done some very memorable cover work, um, but we hadn't seen a lot of interiors from him. And he promised us that we were going to start seeing more interiors. Just the, uh, yeah, just the, uh, the Fantastic Four one shots that right. Tony Land wrote. Exactly. Um, like Isla de la Muerte and all that stuff. Yeah. So. Yeah. Iron Man covers. Yeah. And those so, Iron so, Man covers. 
I like it. You know, it's um, he's as we know from talking to him, he he's very influenced by by manga and uh, yes. that cartoony look, and and I think that uh, he it, that it had elements of that American Monster, but it was definitely he he tamped down the manga influence enough, which I think was the right thing to do, considering the the setting of the comic, you know, that, that it was a, a crime comic and meant to be visceral and nasty. So I think mm-hmm. he did enough to, to, to draw it in a way that fits, it fits the, the, the work and not just, you know, didn't. So good for him on that. I, I, um, you said it right, David. I think I thought it was a good setup issue. I, I don't know that I, I, I didn't come, I didn't come away just being completely blown away thinking, man, this is, this is amazing. I, I thought it was, that's a decent setup issue, but, but uh but I'm definitely in for issue number two. They did enough to keep me there. Right. Definitely curious about what's what's up with homeboy. I mean, is he is he like burned? Is he deformed? Is he I'm guessing there was something well, obviously something happened to his skin, but he was also talking about getting some head and how that's pretty much a non issue for him. So he's definitely damaged. I'm thinking sure. all over. And uh I we got the flashbacks to the Sicario type situation and, and it was, uh, it's, I, which is part of the whole me wanting to know more. I, I need to see these guys fleshed out. I don't, I don't want four issues of, of just, you know, these dudes all talking and, and, and dealing with the situation without knowing why everybody's here. So I'm, I'm hoping that we will get things filled in over the next issue and, uh, get, get a better sense of, who we're supposed to be rooting for and, and why. Um, cause so far they're really between everybody's attitudes, how they carry themselves and talk to each other and, and what they set up. Uh, there really isn't anybody that is likable just yet. I, I, um, nobody is, uh, I'm not really rooting for anybody just yet. Mm-hmm. I tend to enjoy books where no one's likable. I need, I, I need something, I need a tether. I need something that will, um, it, cause it's, I just, I don't, I, I don't want to surround, I, I don't want to be immersed in a world where everybody's an asshole. Everybody, I, I don't need to, I don't need my escapism to, to be that. So I, I need, I need something where, um, and that's not, I, I mean, it could be the bad guy with the heart of gold. It's just, I, 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 I get, you know, not, they don't need to all everybody's damaged so far that we've come across. Uh, I just, I, I don't, I, I don't need to feel dirty when I'm done reading it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But it's off to a great start. Absolutely. It, it feels to me like, um, a great pilot for an FX show. Doesn't it feel mm-hmm. like it could be at home on the FX mm-hmm. channel? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It has a little bit of Sons of Anarchy kind of shit kicking vibe to sure. it. Um, oh, oh, then I remind me later. Sons of Anarchy. We gotta go back to that, but go ahead. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Great start. I'm in. Cool. I enjoyed it a lot, which is, um, there is a fantastic element to it with, with homeboy and his, you know, raw meat, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know if take him I, out of it and it's, it's pretty much. I don't know if that's cooking. like, if, if, if that's hard skin, I don't know if it's just like soft tissue. I don't, I, I, I don't know if he's like the thing or killer croc or if he's, you know, 
I don't know. He, he's not leaving smudges on the newspaper. No, right. Yes. It's not like he's not a bloody tissue, but no. And, and as I'm thinking about the issue, I mean, even when he's, when he stops in to, to, to the convenience store and you have the mentally stunted dude and, and, and the asshole at the, it's just, it's like, you know, no place. And then he cut to the seesaw. It's like there is absolutely no place anywhere. Except maybe the waitress who wanted to buy him a beer. It's like nobody mm-hmm. anywhere in this place had, had, uh, has, has any redeeming qualities whatsoever. It's true. He, he does look like a man you would want in your corner. If, you certainly uh, would want him as your enemy. That's right. Stuff's, right. Stuff's going to go to hell. You want this guy on your yeah, side. So can we, uh, before we jump, uh, into our, our, our guest chat, can we keep the aftershock love going? You might guess. Can. What did you read? Oh, I know what he read. I didn't get to read it. David, I know. I you remember? No, no, no. I'm saying, David. You remember? Uh, I guess it was maybe what three, four years ago that we hit Baltimore Comic Con for the first time together. Yes, that was a, a very fun time. We met a bunch of people that are now like that was the first time we ever chatted up Daniel Govar, as I recall. At least for me, it was first time I ever chatted up Terry Moore, uh, Mike Mignola. It was a fun trip, and in my quest for jam pieces, um, I stumbled upon a very young, pretty much completely unpublished budding artiste that was set up in Artist Alley, and she drew a moon dragon on my Guardian to the Galaxy jam piece. Do you remember who that was? Sarah Pacelli. No. No. Um, I do, because I, I remember vividly, I remember the, uh, I know exactly that moon dragon. and Yeah. So uh, her... Her name was Ariella Cristantina. Yes, cute little girl. She was hanging out with uh, with uh, Jorge, Jorge Corona. Jorge Corona, exactly, who's now doing Marvel books regularly. But Ariella, um, she goes by Ariella Chris, I think, colloquially, but her last yes. name is Cristantina. Very, like you said, a very petite. Uh, I think she's, she's like, I'm not sure, but she seemed like Filipino maybe or Thai, or maybe Thai, like yeah. something like that. But, but either way, very sweet. And uh, again, this was four or five years ago. She had... Essentially not done comics yet, was I think graduating or had just graduated from art school and was looking to make it into the business. Well, so it's, uh, with, with, I have no reason to feel any pride from this, but it's cool that someone way back in the day that we kind of just stumbled upon, um, is now the artist on this book I want to talk about, which is Insect, um, which is a little, uh, mellifluous in terms of how to say it, but it's I-N-S-E-X-T-S, Insects. Um, the first two issues are out, and it is drawn by Ariella, and it is written by Miss Marguerite Bennett, who I gotta say is uh, carving out quite a quite a career for herself in the last year or so. She's she's really doing a lot of work, and I, I've, all of it that I've read, I've enjoyed quite a bit. Um, but this is a definitely a departure from the stuff that most of us know of Marguerite's uh, big two work. It's creator owned work. Um, by Aftershock, and it is a Victorian horror-slash-erotica book. Nice. Um, it's a very difficult book to describe uh, succinctly, but essentially it's um, it, it's, 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 a, it's a Victorian world where there is a, a kept woman, a wife of, a, of a, some type of, of, of baron or lord, whatever, you know, some type of, of wealthy man that's uh, as is probably typical of the time, he's he's abusive to her. He's not nice to her. He cheats on her incessantly, and he is apparently uh, 
among the many people he's unfaithful with, uh, he is abusing her handmaiden. But her handmaiden and she are in a lesbian relationship as well. And you could probably tell by the name of the title that there's some nasty insect-based science fiction going on here. And let's just say that the first issue is essentially like a Twilight Zone issue where um, we're introduced to these two. We're introduced to the husband and the husband is not with us by the end of the first issue yeah. uh, in a very nasty, visceral way. It's gross. Um, but it's an out there book. I can confidently say there's no other book on the stands like this right now. Um, it's, it's graphic both in its violence and its sexual depictions. So definitely an R rated book for adults only here. Um, but it's just wild, man. It's like, I mean, I don't know what to say other than it's, very, very interesting. It's uh, Lady Bertram and Mariah get freaky deaky. I mean, in a lot of different ways. And Lady Bertram begins to evolve because of something that happens to her into a very disgusting creature that you would love. And I mean, this, there's definitely some elements to this that are right up your alley, buddy. Um, so, like I said, I'm two issues in, and I, I got to say it's very, very entertaining. It's well-paced. Uh, and I don't know... I have no idea if this is supposed to be a limited series or, or what have you. I, I, I'm, so I don't know where the book's going to go, but I will say that, uh, they've definitely got me locked in, in the first, for the first two issues. You know, I'm definitely on board for, for the ride. So what the hell is that? Who's dog is that? That's my Mario. Oh, figured. <laughs> he, he wants me to pick him up. Seriously. Yeah. So yeah, so Insects up, right? by Ariella Chris and Marguerite Bennett. Give it a try if you're. If you're, if you're, if you're, if you're longing for some insectivore lesbian erotica, this is your spot. My jam. Sounds great. It is. Who doesn't like insects? It's crazy. It's crazy. On it. Yeah. It's, it's definitely nutty. Oh boy. This dog. Oh, he's going to why, why, why did, why does he love me? He wants it's to come up. It's true. Why does he? Seriously. Why do you love me, little man? What else do we have? Or is it time? No, it's not time yet. Not quite. We got some time. Got a little something. What else we got? Oh, what else we got? I got something filthy. And More filthy in than honor, insects? Yeah. Ooh. In honor of our guest, I'll get, get it off my plate now. Yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> This is from Creature Entertainment. I pimped this during the DCBS um, roll call the month it was solicited. It's a 32-page black-and-white comic. It is called Burnt Comics, and it is written and drawn by Jairo Lantigua. It is a very talented cartoonist taking a sandblaster to his psyche. That's what it is. Um, there, it, it is about, um, there's a series of, of, of flashbacks, uh, bookending, uh, this thing. A little crocodile wants to be a comic book artist, creator. And so he makes a little comic book called Burnt Comics. The very one we're reading. Okay. Meta, right? And, um, Takes us to his dad and he's like, hey, sport, what do you got there? Gives him the comic. Dad reads it. He goes, yeah, you know, it's pretty neat. And the kid can't believe it. He's like, really? You, 
you think it's uh, I'm going to be a comic book artist. And the father's like, hey, 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 you know, don't jump the gun. There, there's not a whole lot of future in that. Why don't you try and be a doctor? And the kid's like, fuck this. Damn. Walks, walks away all dejected. But the comic that he drew is is about um, a dog. And um, the the dog's name is Scummy. Scummy the dog, who who um, is addicted to controlled substances, smokes a lot, lives in trash, eats his own shit. Um, he does get some pussy, but literally he gets pussy. Yeah. He gets a cat, and they show him backdooring a cat, holding up the tail, and like the the dog's. Um, Unit is on display in almost every panel of this thing. It's, like I said, it's raw. It's, it's unvarnished. The, the, the drawing style, I love it. It's very brushy. It's, it's somewhere between the, the, like a faux primitivism of, um, Mike Diana to, um, and I'm going to punch myself in the face for not remembering this. Who was the artist, David, that did Puzz Fundles? Oh, shit. Yes. Remember Puzz Fundles? I love it. I'm, I'm, I'm disgusted with myself that I can't. Rick Grimes! Whoop, whoop! That I couldn't remember his name. So the dog is doing everything in his power to get himself killed. He tries to join a cult, which has this disgusting vagina-like effigy on the wall. The cult doesn't want him. They say, you know, um, where do I, he, he comes, where do I sign up? But they, uh, because, uh, he eats his own shit, uh, that they say he would be tainted in the face of their God. So we can't have you. Um, and his buddies tell him, you know, check yourself into the pound. It's like an orgy all day long until they call your number and then they gash you. And, and you go to, you go to heaven with a hard on and high as a kite. And so he, he, he tries to check himself into the pound. He was rejected, rejected. He ends up biting off his own head and killing himself. And he goes to the afterlife through back to the womb, literally through, um, a poodle's vagina. And he is taken over by the, this dark lord sent back to earth to raise all the hell he can. Uh, it comes back in a garbage can and it's just, this is the id. What caused, uh, Lantigua to draw this? I have no idea, but I don't need an invitation to dance, you know, with, uh, the bad taste, the obscene. Just if, if there's a goal in this book, it, it may be to offend. I don't know. Um, but I'm, I'm glad it exists because this, this is pure creation to me. Like there's no preconceived notions of selling, you know, um, a million comics. The, the artist is very well aware that this book is never going to sell those numbers, but he created it anyway. What drove him to bring this story to life? Sex and dogs and rock and roll and drugs and death and, um, interspecies sex. Sex, dogs and um, rock and roll, baby. Yes, I say violence out the wahoo. Um, but it does exist and I, and I'm, I'm very grateful for it because it's just art for the sake of art. I I can't imagine him thinking that 
you know, I guess best break even is the best case scenario for something like this, right? right. It's that's the truth. That's this is. I'm not saying true creation doesn't sell, but in this case, um, one could make that um, assumption uh, because it is it is not tailored to anybody's sensibilities but the artist's, which is also the writer. I thought it was great. I would buy another book from this man in a second. That's awesome. It's got an underground, super underground, um, very uh, dangerous, dirty feel to it. And like I said, I'm at home. That's my plane. Nice. My abstract plane. Yeah. Let's get our guest. Yes. Let's do it. Let's do it. And we are back with our much-anticipated special guest. We've been teasing this one for a few weeks. Uh, I know I had the great privilege of meeting this gentleman, uh, as did David, uh, for the first time, at least in terms of conversing with him, uh, two summers back at Heroes Con. Yep. And, uh, we struck up a friendship. He's been kind enough to, uh, tune into our show on occasion since then as well. And he's also been kind enough to do some killer original art for me, which I got mad love for. Uh, this, uh, this gentleman has, uh, is, I guess some of you are going to think of him as a, as a new face in comics, which we got to laugh about because, I'm not mistaken, he's been in the game since at least the early 2000s, if not before. Uh, hailing from the beautiful state of South Carolina, a man who, incidentally, Scotty Young uh, said is one of the best people on the face of the earth. The, uh, the, the, the one half of the new creative powerhouse that's bringing back one of our favorite Bronze Age Marvel comics, and that is Power Man and Iron Fist coming back to Marvel for the first time as a team up since then. Uh, I'm, of course, speaking about artist extraordinaire, uh, Mr. Sanford Green. Wow. Wow. That was, uh, that's, we, that's an intro. We ruined you for future shows. <laughs> well, when you told me you were doing other shows, I'm like, well, I got to big them up. So you remember this show. <laughs> I mean, hey, come on. You know, but your show, your show is a A-list show, man. A-list. Oh, respect. Uh-uh. No Watch doubt. Out. No doubt. You know, like as you were doing that intro, I couldn't help but to think about the Chicago Bulls intro. <laughs> hear the music. To, you know, That's right. That, well, that we're going to have that interstitial. You, you, if you didn't hear that, but Vince is going to in, inlay that into the back of the. <laughs> that will be pretty sweet. <laughs> well, welcome aboard, sir. Thank you. Thank you for having me. The, uh, the fourth chair is hopefully nice and warm for you tonight. Oh man. I tell you what, we're. We're trying to survive down here, man. It's like a thousand year flood type thing happening <laughs> down here. So we oh, man. just trying to stay dry right now. No doubt. So, <clears throat> I mean, listen, we got a lot I want to cover. Um, and, but I think let's just, let's jump into the meat of it, which is, you know, listen, I mean, the timing I think is, is not coincidental. You, uh, you and, and Mr. David Walker are, uh, are, are about to drop the, the heat that is Power Man and Iron Fist number one. And, I mean, again, I know you've told us this story before when we were just chatting, but I think our audience would love to hear a little bit about, you know, this isn't just one of those situations where Marvel decided to do a book and, you know, you were up for a book and just did it. I mean, this is a case where both you and David really, this is literally a dream project for both of you, right? So why don't we, uh, why don't we, why don't we just jump right into, to, right. to, to right. what got you here? Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, um, it's like you said, it's definitely a, a, a dream project for me and David. Uh, <clears throat> it's interesting. We, we kind of, um, we, we've known each other for a good while, me and David. Um, 
probably about seven, eight years now. And, uh, he was doing, you know, some independent stuff. And I was, you know, I was over at the, uh, our esteemed competitor doing, um, some DC stuff, but it was more Johnny DC. Remember that title, that, oh, that sure. stuff. Um, and that was at the time where, <clears throat> you know, um, a lot of the, the looks and the styles that are really, uh, prevalent now, they were kind of, um, on the back burner, if you will, uh, back then. And, um, I was just ready to break out. I was tired of being, you know, put into this, this label. Um, and, and, you know, me and Scotty, actually, we've talked about that in the past about that whole stylized thing and just how, <clears throat> you know, being cartoony was looked at as, um, kind of a negative back then, right? You know, now everyone wants to be called a cartoonist instead of a comic book artist. Mm-hmm. Because honestly, that that's, you know, uh, someone that's a cartoonist is someone that draws uh, inks and colors their work, right? There's a, a complete, you know, doing a complete um, deal. <clears throat> and, and many of us that kind of came from that background, you know, we we came from that cartoony stage. That's kind of where we found our voice was to basically just do the whole deal. Um, when I met David, you know, he was kind of drawn to what I did and he thought that I had, you know, something that was, you know, something that was, um, needed, I guess, in the, in the industry. But there were a few guys doing that kind of thing back then, but we, we just kind of stayed in touch and, um, you know, we just grew, you know, in our, our relationship and, um, fast forward, he said, uh, he told me a few years ago, he said, Hey, I got something coming up that I think you'd be kind of cool for. And, um, this was the shaft project that he was working on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when he told me that it was shaft, I was like, yo, that would be awesome. Um, long story short, I couldn't do that project, um, solely. <clears throat> um, well, I couldn't do the actual interiors for that because I had gotten an opportunity over at Marvel uh, to do some some titles and then the Runaways thing came up and <clears throat> but um, I was still able to do the covers yes uh, some of the variants and stuff and that was a lot of fun and um, you know we just kind of just you know the momentum as he kind of grew his profile I was growing you know my relationship with uh, Marvel and um you know, perfect storm. You know, he's in a great position. I have uh, some good opportunities, and they asked me, "Who would you like to work with?" And I said, "This cat, David Walker, I think would be great to work with." And um, so, as they were putting together the the, I guess the after the. Um, Gosh, what's the name of the big event that just happened? The Secret Wars, sorry. After the Secret Wars event, you know, they were really trying to put together some really strong, um, diverse teams. Um, part of that initiative was to do this hip hop covers thing. And I, I don't want to jump too far ahead of you guys on some questions, but that was part of it. <clears throat> um, and, um, you know, again, that, that's where we all kind of started to come together for us. Uh, 
<clears throat> so yeah, so once we got got you know acquainted um, together, then the ideas and the projects or the, the the types of projects that were possible started to come our way, and of course, Power Man and Iron Fist was one of those things. And we said, you know, forget everything else, give us this, um, let us take the reins of it, and we'll we'll we promise to do you guys right and you know they 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 said yes to it they were all on board and we're we're excited about you know just uh the support that we're getting with them and just from the fans you know the anticipation of it you know um so yeah we're 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 hitting we're trying to hit some 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 really cool beats that's never been done before in the marvel universe if you can believe that <laughs> But um, I think we I think we found something. So, you know, can't wait to show it. Uh, well, you know, again, we're all, as we've told you before, we're all um, of that age where, you know, Marvel Bronze Age is our, is our, is our shti. So to have these characters back doing their thing in a team up is just unbelievably exciting. And I hope it resonates, you know, well with, with other folks. It seems like it's getting a lot of good buzz, but, um, you know, I, I giddy. exactly right. Giddy. Yeah, Absolutely. I've seen, I've seen many of the pages from, uh, from this first issue from different previews and you've shown me a few and it's just killer, man. It's killer. It's, it's, um, Thank it's going to be great. And, uh, by the way, I, I was talking to Paolo yesterday and, uh, <laughs> and I told him you were going to be on. So he said to, uh, publicly shame you and remind you that you need to get in pages. <laughs> and I said, that's cool. As long as I get first dibs at him. So, <laughs> so I'll pass the word. <laughs> but your original art is available at Cadence for those that uh, our listeners know Cadence. So, um, but like talk about like the stylization because, you know, I, I think it's cool. What I've seen of it that you really are juxtaposing and playing up the size differential. Like it seems like that's, that that's and 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 I like that because, you know, Luke Cage's star profile I think has risen in the last what ten years at Marvel because of his inclusion and then eventual leadership as an Avenger. But it's fair to say that most of the the like the most of the people that have drawn him in the primarily Bendis's Avengers run kind of toned him down, like made him look almost right. more like a normal sized dude. Right. Um, and you've, you've gone the other way. I mean, he's, he's almost like humongous in this. So like, right. I, I mean, I, I guess that's a conscious choice, but like just <laughs> how much, how much like thought did you put into the, the like the, the style sheets of these guys, you know, and like drawing them in this way? Well, first of all, you know, I, at the end of the day, I'm a, I'm a cartoonist, man. And, you know, uh, I'm, I'm, I gravitate towards things that are extreme. Um, like in animation, and that's, that's one of the, well, probably the primary influence, um, in my work is just looking at, um, a lot of the extreme proportions that you find in classic animation, a lot of the Disney stuff. Um, if you look at, um, even something like Hercules, um, the animated, uh, movie, you saw Hercules and he was super broad shoulders, you know, thick calves, forearms and stuff were massive, but, you know, and he was a massive character, but he had so much character that it just wasn't, you didn't think about him being 
a bigger guy, you just thought of him as his size was, his proportions were interesting enough to where you just saw more character than just a big guy, if that makes sense. It's like, I, I, I have, I, I take issue with the rhino and the Hulk being the same proportions, if that makes sense. Like, I feel like the Hulk should be kind of big brooding, kind of mushroom like shoulders, you know, um, this is proportions just should have, it's, it's a little more bestial, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. you know, um, like the Hulk, any of the big characters, um, the Hulk, uh, Juggernaut, uh, the thing, all these guys, they're, they're big, but they shouldn't have the same proportions. They, they all should have different, <clears throat> um, in animation, they call them silhouettes. Like, <clears throat> I feel like when, if, if, I, I just wanted to kind of create an identity for each character. When you see their silhouette, you know, that's, that's my power man. That's my iron fist. Like, you, you know, you don't want them to feel like they're the same in, in size and proportion. Um, which makes, which gives you that, that again, that added Character to, to, to the, to, to some of the stories, if that makes sense. You know, I, 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 I just think it's just more visually interesting. You know, I'm not, you know, some people say, oh, he's so big, he's too big. And I'm like, well, that's because you're used to seeing him look, you know, for lack of better words, over the years, kind of average looking like what you said. Um, <clears throat> and this story is a grand, it's kind of a fan, it's a little more fantastical what we're doing anyway. So I feel like these characters can afford to have some, some push to, to them. I think that's a really good approach, right. um, to, to tweak the silhouette of like say bigger characters like that because it's like a thumbprint right. for that character. You know, right. one, one may hunch their shoulders forward a little bit. Right. The other one may like, you know, crook their, their, hands at the wrist like almost like they're dragging their their knuckles and it just speaks to the character that right. yeah he's he's not just a big guy right it's a big guy with a brain who has mannerisms that lends him to do that right yeah i, I think that's a great approach and, and, and we we're playing up on that that size in the story as well like there's a lot of little gags and and kind of sidebars to, to him being that size so it's not just I want to just do this character big because I want to do it this way. You know, um, there's, we, we, again, every character is going to, like you said, they're going to have their own identity. You're going to know that this character, you know, has these certain traits that separates him from this other character. They're not just all big brooding, you know, type characters or not some, you know, like, like Spider-Man and, in my opinion, Spider-Man and Deadpool should be totally different proportions, you know? Yes. It's just, why would you make them the exact same proportions? They have different mannerisms. Yeah, they, they both have some similar traits, but ultimately, you know, 
they have certain, you know, uh, you know, uh, identities that allow them to be who they are individually. And I just think designing them to fit those identities is very important. So, yeah, this tells me you're thinking this through. Now you're making me want this book even more. <laughs> like, well, wait, uh, like, you, like you weren't wanting this book already. Well, I mean, I got, you know, I got downplayed. I mean, down. <laughs> but, uh, no, and from the, the pages that we've seen, I was amazed that it has, it, it has a foot in both worlds. It feels bronze age to me, mm-hmm. but it also feels very, very contemporary. Right. Because it's in that same realm as, uh, Spider Gwen. Uh huh. Very, 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 stylized work that um uh, an amazing command of the figure <coughs> well thank you you know you got your composition is in the zone yep. and uh it, it almost feels a little lighthearted to me is there is there like a a lighthearted vibe to the the issues you've done so far <clears throat> um bingo man you you nailed every bit of uh tropes that we're looking for the beats um are very much in in the lane of what you're speaking of because we're, we're, we're just not trying to give you, um, this, you know, dark, you know, story. I think one of the things that's, that's starting to come back, you can kind of get a sense of it with, uh, books like you just mentioned, Spider Gwen. Um, uh, honestly, you know, not trying to, you know, say as, as light as these other books like Squirrel Girl and, um, Oh gosh, it was just like Ms. Marvel. Yeah, Ms. Marvel, Howard the Duck. You know, the, the, those, yes, those things are kind of campy, but you know, you really, if you really think about it, the seventies and, and the early eighties, the comics were all campy, you know, even sure. when they were trying to be serious, you know, they, they had a certain limitation. <clears throat> um, and I, I honestly, I think it was because of the fact that of the audience. You know, they weren't trying to make comics for a bunch of old guys. They were making comics back then for kids, you know, who happen to be, you know, those kids now are all our age, right? So we, we are trying to, you know, play up on some of those beats that would be familiar to those who grew up with this property. And then, you know, we want to introduce um, some new readers um, to this as well. Well, at the same time, we want it to be, we want it to just be fun. Honestly, we're, we're not trying to make this deep, you know, kind of overbearing story. We just wanted to have, <clears throat> you know, the, the, the marks that would leave you feeling like, wow, that was, that was a fun book. Uh, yeah. next, next time and, you know, check out more. I'm not discounting anything that came after, but, um, for me, the Bronze Age, uh, imagination was king. It, it really was. Right. They, they weren't writing for the trade. They were just trying to tell fun, uh, imaginative stories, like speaking like I was, you know, one of the creators. Which <laughs> it wasn't. Uh, and, and it, it, it wasn't structured to sell in a certain way. It was just do this comic. Let's see what the numbers come back as. And, you know, just, just, just have fun with it. And you saw that in every book. Um, especially the ones written by Steve Gerber. Jack was firing on all cylinders in the seventies. It, it was, it was trying to the, the canvas of the imagination. And we lost that a little bit mid eighties on up once secret wars hit. Yeah. And they, and they, they saw the, that structure, uh, carefully 
tune structure could sell and that structure could lead to people buying more books with the tie-ins and stuff. So in a way, the big, like the success of the time was also the downfall. Exactly. Secret War, Secret Wars did a lot more, a lot of harm as well as good for comic books. I think. Absolutely. Right. It changed the game. It's a paradigm shift. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That paradigm shift, you know, it, uh, given and curse, you know, and, and then you have, you know, not going too far down the rabbit hole, the speculator boom, boom came oh, yeah. a few years yeah. after that. And, you know, it wasn't even about anything, but, you know, how many outrageous variants you can create, you know, special editions or whatever and limited editions and, you know, um, <clears throat> story got lost in all of that, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there was also a component of the, uh, like the speculator boom and the black and white boom where there were so many books being published at one time uh, concurrently that people were trying really different stuff. Like it was the time of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Where, where would that ever in a period of comics, like wh- when would that have appeared other, th- other than that, the boom that it created, true. you know, it, it, I God, we love comics, <laughs> 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 but, but back to power man and iron fist. Yes, sir. Um, are, are these going to be like, uh, done in one stories or is the narrative going to be so tightly plotted where, you know, you got to read, six issues to, to, to get the whole thing? Or are you, you actually taking a nod from the Bronze Age and, you know, giving us um, uh, an issue's worth of story, but maybe linked to a bigger picture? Yes. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes to uh, everything you said, man. Uh, I, I mean, that's the one thing that I am, I'm, I'm excited about is <clears throat> what David's, Putting on, uh, putting down in, in, in story is very, you know, it's just, he really thought through this. I think, you know, uh, it, it takes a, a nice bump and, and gives us, you know, without going too far into it, by issue three, we're introducing this thing. I'm not going to say what it is just yet, but I was like, of course this would work. And, um, <laughs> Has never been done before. Oh, it's all the old. It never, never has been done. Oh, you're a big so, what issue man. are we getting drawn into? What, um, <laughs> issue you're one. Bad. I'm just kidding. Oh, oh yeah, turn yeah. <laughs> the background. No. Get, the, get the white out. Well, <laughs> no, not, listen, no pressure, Samper, but Scotty no, has put us no in this pressure. conversation. Well, I, I will say this honestly: if I could, I'm, I'm working on issue three now. I might oh. be able to. Oh, some, look at that. See, it's just in that, man. Because there's a nice crowd scene. They're, they're in a, they're in a, in a club, actually. So. Oh, sure. I love oh, up in the club. guys in the club, you know, making it rain and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> I'll be the guy. I'll be the guy like this with the dollars. Yeah. If there's room for a really bored looking dude, you can stick with <laughs> Okay. Well, yeah. So. Um, <laughs> But yeah, we, maybe we can do that. But for sure, I can get you guys in one of these uh, these first four. So, so my man, what? Uh, like, I know you, I don't want you to give away the story here, but but uh, are we gonna see? Like, are we gonna see villains from like classic villains from their old run? Or are we gonna see brand new villains? I mean, what, what's the story there? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I love those right. Now, what's the, um, 
what's 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 the collaboration like between you and David? I mean, are, he, obviously he knows your style. It, it is how much input do you have? Is this something that he's just like? I know Sanford's going to love drawing this. Do you guys are you giving him anything that uh, you're really looking forward to do with these characters? Um, well, I'm I'm an action guy first. I, I, I love playing on action. I like to do a lot of <coughs> different, um, and I think that's where the kind of going back to earlier, we were talking about the push proportions and stuff. I think that's where it's gonna like the gags. Oh, I, yeah, I'll call them gags. The gags and some of the you know beats of the story and the action makes these proportions that much more interesting um to me and you know he's really helped to um to to kind of manifest what i do that much more um and you know along the lines he's he's pushing me with with story because you know every you know if it was up to me i want every page to be you know pow zoom you know blow up whatever, you know, blow up stuff, punch stuff. You know, I want every page to be that. But um even with those quiet moments, he's given me, you know, some some the rhythm of it is allowing me to um to, to just kind of really have some fun with it. So um you know I'm drawing a lot of cars though. That's the one thing that you know, <laughs> I can What's harder, cars or horses? That's the two people always complain about. Um, horses. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I agree. We gonna see uh, Shang Chi? Mm, maybe. Nice. Maybe not. <laughs> what about uh, maybe like any like uh, Miss, Misty Knight or? She's hanging out with the Falcon now. I know, but hey, man, you know that's okay. It's all good. Yeah, she's, oh, it's she's, all good. Wolverine used to be in eight different places at once. I mean, <laughs> well, you know, without um, I, I guess I could I could say this. Expect anything. Um. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. all right. We don't want you to violate your Marvel terms of service. Right? <laughs> it's all good. Well, that's awesome, man. Well, listen, I mean, we are super excited for you, and I hope our audience is equally excited. But I think they are. I mean, there's been a tremendous buzz for this book from Jump. And, you know, I mean, you know, getting just speaking on, on David Walker's side of things, you know, to Vince's point about trying to make each issue its own thing, I mean, I have a lot of confidence in that because, number one, I know you're, like you said, you're into telling action scenes, so that's going to make each each issue fun. But, Number two, I mean, what we've seen of David from from his shaft work to what he's doing on Cyborg. I mean, he's really doing a nice job balancing the realities of today's market, which is writing for the trade, you know, having an arc, but each issue being itself. I mean, he did a great job with that in Shaft. I mean, where really every issue was its own thing, and certainly there was an overarching narrative to that first to that to the entire trade. But 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 each issue stood on its own, and I think that I don't see any reason why if he's capable of doing that with that character, he can't do the same. Uh, with these guys, so that's it's pretty exciting stuff. Absolutely, yeah. He's he's definitely uh, he's quickly becoming one of my favorite writers, and I, you know that's not just saying it because he's you know I'm working with him, but you know I, I've seen <clears throat> where where he's been, and he's always had these ideas. I've known him for like I said for at least eight years, and mm-hmm. he's been sitting on a lot of cool stuff for a while, and you know. Um, they asked 
who would you like to work with? And I say, hey, this this cat David Walker, and if you're thinking about him, I'd love to work with him. And they were he was definitely on Marvel's uh, short list for sure. So let's talk process for a second because, you know, again, like you said, I mean, you you have for for those that maybe don't know your career as well, uh, you know, you have you've done all sorts of things. You've done animation. You've done a lot of commercial work. You know, you've, you've, your career hasn't been solely limited or, or just, you know, at, at all points solely focused on comics. You also, uh, I know you, you were a professor for a time. I don't know if you're still doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, what about your work process? I mean, you know, again, a lot of, a lot of people these days, especially with the intricacy that you're putting into the work and the detail I'm seeing, uh, you know, is this going to be a, like a every six week book? Are you able to get ahead and like, is this going to be a monthly book, but you need to get ahead? Is this a, you know, you're going to do a couple issues and then like maybe every arc take an issue off to recharge the batteries. Like, what do you think the process is going to be here for you? Well, um, you know, the, just, you know, honestly, just with, like you said, that I got a, a lot of irons in the fire and, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm just kind of wired that way where I have to do more than just comic work, sequential work. Um, and I, and I think who said it? I think Sean Murphy might have said this a while ago about how just this industry is not really um, these days built to sustain. Well, it can, it, and it can. Don't get me wrong. I think you can you can work solely in comics and be perfectly fine if you're working for the big two or if you're you know, someone who just hits, hits, uh, strikes gold with an independent going through like an image or something like that or boom <clears throat> or what have you. Um, you can do fine, but you know, um, I guess with, with me, I have so many interests. I love animation. I'm not an animator. Um, I, I just, just, but I have this big interest in it. So, you know, I, I got that iron, my, my one iron in that fire. Um, and I just, uh, and I, and I like it. I mean, I have ideas, original ideas that I want to see put in motion. Um, not just the comic medium, definitely want to, uh, explore that, but I want it to go a step further, you know? Um, and I think that's where a lot of guys are going now. A lot of artists. Um, because it's just, it's just more viable. Um, I know that, that doesn't really fully answer your, your question, but you know, my process in terms of like the comic aspect of because of that, because I got these irons in the fire, I'll do like an arc, take an issue or two off, recharge the batteries, and then, you know, I'm, I'm jumping back on. Um, that's what we have on schedule right now. So. Do you have? That's the only reason why I'm doing that, really, because um, I got these other projects. I got some stuff happening that I'm pretty excited about right now. Is there? A, do you know who? Are you able to have any say in who's going to do the fill-in issues? Someone that's going to complement your style, or is that up to the editors? Um, a, a little of both. Um, okay. We actually had a conversation. I think earlier this week about <laughs> about who we would like to bring in um, to do um, some of the fill-in issues. Um, we haven't fully nailed down anything yet. I got a, I got one person in mind. Can't really say who it is yet, but he's okay. 
he, to me, I think he's like a mentor and, uh, it'll be awesome for him to come in and do this, um, to do at, at least one of the issues. Or something. Oh, my mind's racing now. I know, oh, yeah. right? Yeah, it, it, it's going to race. It's going to race. Um, and then I got a new, kind of a new cat that I think is, is starting to bubble uh-huh. right now. And, and I think he'll be great too. Got to watch out for those young guys or they're pretty aggressive. So, you know. <laughs> He'll try to take my spot, but you know, I was half joking. But man, at this point, like I'm waiting for you to be named one of Marvel's young guns next year. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I told uh, Axel Alonso, I said, if you ever put my name on something like that, I am going to. You're out. (laughs) Oh yeah, I'm gonna put I'm put all you guys in the issue, like having Luke Cage like just knock out all the young guns. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, you you bring up Axel's name, and, and I realize that for all the, you know, we're on, we've done 400 plus episodes and been at this for a long time, and I listen to a bunch of other comics podcasts, and, you know, I realize that uh, generally when an editor's brought up, like generally, I think it's in a negative light, right? Like, like right. people blame the editors for whatever they're bothering them, like, because God, you know, God forbid it's the the writer or the artist doing something they don't like, it's got to be the Ezra's fault, right? Right. And um, it just seems to me, and I've never had the privilege of, of hanging out with Axel and like I've, uh, you know, we've had, you know, we've had the chance to hang out with some of the other Marvel guys and, and they're cool dudes. I haven't really had the chance to hang out with Axel, but, but again, like whether it be Scotty or, or Stegman or, you know, yourself or lots of other people that we know that work for Marvel, it seems to me that there's a lot of like legit, like genuine love and appreciation for Axel um, mm-hmm. and like what he brings to the table. So like, I just thought like, you know, since you mentioned him and I know you're, you know, I know, I know you think well of him, like just like touch on like Axel or your editors and like what they bring to the process. Cause I think again, generally most of our listenership or comics fans like don't really understand or at least appreciate the positives that like a good editor, particularly like an editor in chief like Axel really, like really bring to the creative process. Um, well, yeah, Axel, um, he's definitely, he's a visionary. I think. One of the things that, first and foremost, I mean, I've, I've known him for, before, I would say about four or five years before I even got anything at Marvel. Okay. So it wasn't like he was, you know, the floodgates just was there at the very beginning. Um, it, it took a while to, to, the friendship was there before the work was. So working with him, his work is truly like working with a friend. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know if any, how many other people can say that, but for me personally, um, and I know that after this is all over and we move on and move separate ways or whatever, it's not going to be awkward. You know what I mean? It's like, mm-hmm. <clears throat> I think sometimes a lot of these creators, you know, artistic creators and the editors, they have all this, you know, these whatever <clears throat> issues or whatever <clears throat> when, when things are over. And, um, and that's not everyone. That's, you know, but a lot of times the type of things that you, that you're seeing that you hear about editors in a negative light is because of, you know, um, how a project might end or how it, they separate or whatever, you know, it's like a weird breakup, <laughs> you know, it's mm-hmm, just like, mm-hmm. you know, <clears throat> but I, I know from, from his standpoint, that's the, that's the one thing that I have, um, full confidence in. I mean, yeah. And, and we, we definitely are both, we're both passionate about what we believe in and, 
we, we, you know, we, we worked together. We worked things out. We actually had something, a direction that we were, he wanted to go, um, in this book and, um, a direction that we wanted to go. And, you know, I, 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 I called him up. I didn't, I didn't have any issue or a hesitancy to call him up and just talk to him, you know, um, man to man, honestly. And, um, you know, we, we were both, you know, you know, in a, in a place where we, we understood each other's side. And <clears throat> so that, that's, that's from my personal experience. I, I, I can't vouch for anyone else, but mm-hmm. I know overall he has definitely, he definitely is 100% genuine in what he's putting out there right now and who he has on whatever title or whatever, you know, all these, for the most part were approved by him. Um, the process p- pretty much goes like this for the most part on average, you know, the editors, you know, they, they have their pool of creators that they kind of connect with and they keep, you know, they keep in their Rolodex or whatever you want to call it. And, you know, they kind of go from there and, you know, Axel may chime in every once in a while with what each ed- editor is doing <clears throat> and that's about it. But this, this new initiative, he's pretty much hands on with everyone because he has a relationship with a lot of the new creators that are coming into Marvel. Um, one, because he's had relationships with them prior. So, um, he really is putting his staple on this thing. Now it's kind of, I call it the, the Obama second term effect, <laughs> you know, the first four years, you know, he, he had to kind of stay the line and, and, you know, not rock the boat and, and, and keep, keep his voters so that he can get that second term. Once he got that second term, now he's vetoing everything. <laughs> you know, he's doing it, man. Come do me. You know? <laughs> so, you know, and, and that's, and that's good because he's gotten the confidence of his bosses, like, you know, um, Kusada and, Buckley and the rest of those guys. Right. So, <clears throat> you know, and he, he's, he's, he's on the front lines whenever there's, you know, challenges, he's vouching in, 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 in giving the vote of confidence to those guys, you know, and, um, that's, that's a, that's a very invaluable thing. Sure. So aside from, uh, as if you weren't busy enough doing this book, you have uh, done a number of the hip hop variant covers, and uh, as you as you probably remember, uh, uh, I and David are both big hip hop fans. I'm going to leave Vince out of this one. He can hit the pause button right now. Um, so, like, you know, I know you. Uh, you, I mean, you're you're a lifelong hip hop fan, and uh, you've done some some work back in the day. Maybe maybe more recently that I'm not aware of, but I know back in the day you did a bunch of uh, uh, hip hop uh, cover art. Right. Some of my favorite MCs. Yeah. So, um, you know, again, like, uh, if I'm not mistaken, that was like an actual thing, right? Like the hip hop variant covers and, uh, right. that, that's a fun, that's a fun thing. So like, what I'm wondering though is, like, did, did Axel like target people that he knew, knew hip hop? Cause it seems like a lot of folks have done these hip hop variants and most of them are excellent, but I have to imagine that at least a chunk of these people like weren't aware of these, these, these albums. Before right. they were asked to do them, right? I mean, like right. I know you, you know the stuff. I know Scotty knows the stuff, but like, right. 
I'm just wondering like how that works. Like if Axel's like, you know, I don't want to put any names out there, but like so and so, I want you to hip hop variant cover, and they're like, I have no idea what that is. Like, do they just Google the cover art and like go from there? I mean, like, I don't know. Like, you know, well, like I'd like to think there's inspiration behind it, but I guess sometimes it doesn't need it if you have reference. I guess I don't know. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, ultimately, I mean, this this be real. It's not everyone's really up on it, but um, you know, initially, I I, I told him, I said, you know, it, we really want to be careful on what we put, who we put on what. Um, And also just making sure that the people that you do put on that are familiar with this genre of music, that they are, um, what's the word that they, it's a tough balance. Like just because I'm familiar with this music, that doesn't mean I need to do every cover, right? Right, right. But right. he had to find, he had to find, you know, you have to find a balance of, like Adam Hughes, I mean, I was only seeing him because it's just, you know, he, you gotta imagine he doesn't really know a lot of this stuff, but artistically, he's perfect for some of these covers, right? Sure. <clears throat> so that, so in that sense, I, you know, there's, there's no, 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 no issue at all. I think people, Outside of that, may not be familiar with um, the artists that's behind these covers. Some of the artists, you know, they may see an image or Google an image and go, "Wait a minute, this guy is," you know. I mean, we we it's all kinds of weird stuff that came out. A lot of people thought it should, you know, a lot of people thought there were too. This was too urban. Black, if you will. Folk. Right. Well, you know, let's let's keep it real. It made some people feel some kind of way about it. Right. In fact, we have a few friends, frankly, that I've had very lengthy conversations. In fact, David, we, we were all the three of us were at a big get together at New York Comic Con, a big group dinner, and this this topic came up, and I was surprised because I mean, you know, uh, like three or four of our friends, you know, but you know, black guys, they, they like they had some issues with it, and I was like, again, I'm a you know, I'm a I'm a 41 year old white kid who grew up listening to hip hop. But right. I'm a white dude, so like to me, uh, like I can't profess to really understand like why there would be some issues with it. But you're you're right to bring it up. Like clearly, there's some subset of the fandom that felt like it was exploitative. But for me, I just don't I don't understand that perspective on it. Like it didn't seem like that way to me, especially because like I know Axel's a legitimate hip hop fan. I know like Mahmoud's a hip hop fan. Scotty's a hip hop fan. You're a hip hop fan. So like to me, I was like, nah, this is just like. I mean, there's variant covers out the wazoo. I mean, there's, there's been Lego variant covers and, right. you know, I mean, there's just Lego, there's variant covers is just a part of the business. So I was like, what, right. what, what, not? And, and, you know, and I even said on an interview a while ago, I said, you know, you, it's, it's, uh, I, I don't blame anyone for having that, that's a purist of this culture to feel like, you know, is being exploited. Um, my only thing was, hear try to hear the sincere voices through all of that know that there are sincere people that are on the front lines of this thing i think like guys like mike del mundo who's that's my boy he he is he's a beast his covers by the way he was our uh well he was he was uh one of our choices for best cover artist of last year he's ridiculous. oh no doubt i mean he he i think he's a urban urbanized alex ross to me you know, I think he can take. You're selling short. Type of, 
No disrespect to Alex Ross, but I'll take Mike Dumbo. <laughs> Alex Ross covers all day. <laughs> well, you, you, but you, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Like he can, he can give you that sense of realism, and then he pushes it. Like you know, Alex is very, you know, very um, photo um, centric with with what he what he does, and is incredible. You know, he's you know on the Mount Rushmore of cover illustrators. You know, but. Yeah. You know, but, uh, you know, what Del Mundo does, all of that is coming from the culture. And then he takes this classic, classical, uh, influence, <clears throat> you know, these classic illustrators like, uh, like a Bob Peake and Bernie Fuchs and guys like that. Oh, and yes. Pushes it. <laughs> and this with graffiti influences behind. I'm like, dude, like I, I told him, I was like, you know, when I do my creative thing, I want him doing all the covers. How <laughs> they do? I get you to do the covers, at least the variants or something, you know. Like, good lord, man! But, but uh, you know, he he did a lot of the covers for the um, hip hop variant initiative, and <clears throat> you know, he's on the front lines endorsing it. If that's coming from, you know, coming from him, he's endorsing it. Coming from, like you said, my mood, um, he's endorsing it. Myself, um, or, or Scotty, or whoever, you know, it's like you got a lot of people. And then go to the next level and you got the actual artists. When you have Nas tweeting about this thing, drop the mic. DMC is on comics, comic book resources talking about how this is the best thing that ever happened. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it's like if they're seeing this. Right. LP and Killer Mike went nuts over there. Yeah. I mean, they, 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 you know, they, they ultimately that's, that was kind of the, the, the seed that pl- that was planted that blossomed into this, that cover opened up the floodgates to do this thing. Once we saw that there's no, and I, I, and I told Axel, you know, <clears throat> This probably when we honestly the first how we met was because of the genre. We were at a dinner and um, he mentioned, you know, this artist by the name of Pete Rock. It just in a conversation. And once he said once he said that, I overheard him say that. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. This guy just mentioned. No, he didn't. He couldn't have. And we ended up. You know, I, I, I introduced myself and I said, did you just mention this artist's name? He's like, yeah. And two hours later, you know, we kind of blocked out everyone. So, it, you know, we talked about this even about five years ago. I said, like, dude, there's an audience that we just haven't been tapped in, that, that hasn't been tapped into the way it should be. And it's just been there, the subculture <clears throat> for decades, honestly. You know, I mean, if you go all the way back to the Africa Bambata, Album covers. They were Jack Kirby rip-off Marvel covers. Like, their albums. You know, like, a lot of... I've heard rumors, and I'm not 100% sure about this, but it's easy to believe. I believe they were saying that Jack Kirby got a lot of his um, New God stuff from graffiti. He saw graffiti on the train, and he came up with all these crazy ideas to do his New God stuff. You know, um, and, 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 and some of the other, you know, out there ideas that he had, <clears throat> which I'm like, wow, that, that could, you know, that, that sounds plausible, you know? Yeah. Um, inspiration comes from everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yep. and, and mind you, he, he's, 
had these ideas prior, but at the same time, what what he saw in, in those works of art and graffiti just influenced him to want to push this, these things even more. And I, and I honestly believe a lot of, and I know for a fact, a lot of graffiti was influenced by Kirby. You know? You, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, so... Um, and I think we got to give a little bit of a nod to Mr. Ed Pisker, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, for planting the seed, because prior to Hip Hop Family Tree, maybe the, the hip hop variants wouldn't have been as a viable um, endeavor. Mm-hmm. But seeing the success that he's had with that book, plus he's mixing the comics and the hip hop. I mean, he, right. it, it, it's a natural, right? Right. The book is bananas. And Sanford, I assume you know, it, you know, Ed? You know? Yes, yes, I know Ed. Uh, we met we met a few times. We did a panel together um, about two years ago, actually. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, he's he's a cool guy. He's legit. Yeah, yeah. And um, just just to, I mean, did he stumble upon it? Who knows? But he just took two things that he loves, as as did Marvel, right? Mm-hmm. In, in in their selection of the artists and and the actual product, two things that. You know, peanut butter and, and chocolate. They go great together. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Yeah, I mean, I it's think a it's good time. Great. I think it's been great. Yes, sir. Now, uh, you know, I, um, I remember this before I met you, I'm pretty sure, at least right around the time when I first met you. I remember you were on Sean Crystal's, uh, show Ink Pulp. Right. Yeah, and it's him. And, uh, I love that show because again, that's, that's an artist talking to other artists. And, yep. uh, I remember you keeping it really real, you know, and at the time, if I'm not mistaken, you were very open. Sean was in the process of leaving his his job at SCAD to go full-time freelance. And right. you were talking about your decision not too long before that to kind of go the other way. You were working freelance and then we're considering going, I think, to Warner Brothers right on the West Coast. Yeah. And then your wife wasn't really feeling that. Right. <laughs> and you ended up becoming a professor at your college in South Carolina. Yeah. I think you went to school. So... Exactly. I really appreciate the candor of that of, of all of Sean's podcast, but you guys really, I thought, kept it real and about like again the like the struggles real sometimes about you know like it's 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 a profession that's as much a passion where you guys can't imagine not doing it, but it's not you know you're not getting into it for the glory like you know not everybody becomes Robert Kirkman as much as we'd all like y'all to exactly. Um, so like I'm just curious because that was like I think what a year and a half two years ago that you did that show mm-hmm. like and and your profile certainly at least from a mainstream perspective, isn't quite demonstrably, I would say, since then. So how are you feeling now, like, versus then? I mean, in terms of, I don't even know, like, are you still teaching? Are you not? Is it, are you doing full-time comics now? And, like, has the struggle been been easier now? Like, is it, it like, is your perspective changed at all from from then? Or is it kind of, you know, you kind of still in the same place? Man, it's, it's when it rains, it pours, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, I've never been this busy in my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is, this has been, um, it's been, you know, it's been a, a blessing, man. It's just being able to have, uh, you know, this this high of a profile of a book at Marvel, um, and it's it's. I'm trying. What I'm what I'm doing now is I'm trying to find a way to <clears throat> homogenize this stuff. You know, just like how can I make it all kind of work together academically speaking. I've taken a lot of what I do professionally and I'm putting it into what I do academically, which, you know, that's been really cool just to be able to say, Hey, if you want, you know, if you're a student and you can, 
actually be in a class of a professor that's actually doing what he's talking about. Not used to do it, you know, not going to do it, but actually in it right now. The, the things that are prevalent right now, you can speak on it. Um, and that's pretty much what, I, what I'm doing right now. So I'm, I'm still, you know, doing the teaching component. Um, not as much though. Um, I've been able to, you know, get my schedule to where, you know, I can really focus a little more on, um, my, my work on my actual work, um, illustration work. And, um, this, the, uh, the games, you know, uh, well, I kind of let the cat out of the bag when I said that, but working on a video game <laughs> property right now, and it's going to be pretty big, uh, doing an animated trailer for this thing. I have a small studio of guys, um, of, uh, animators. <clears throat> and, um, we were putting together this animated trailer. You'll probably see it. I'll, I'll make an announcement pretty soon. Probably is this the uh, Secret Sauce Studio. Is that what that is? Yeah, it's called Secret Sauce. Yes, sir. Studio. Um, and uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're about eight guys doing and girls uh, just doing some some dope stuff, man. Um, it's gonna <laughs> when people see it, you know, it's I think it's gonna. I don't know. I don't know, man. By the end of this year. I might have to quit teaching. I don't know. But, uh, you know, right now, <clears throat> you know, the, I'm trying to hold this, this train as steady as I can. Cool. I think once this first issue comes out, you are going to blow. Yeah, out. no doubt. No doubt. <laughs> I'll, it's, I'll blow out one of the two. Uh, no, no, no. You best tell your students. It was nice knowing. Them. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, 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 you know, I, I feel, I feel good about it. Like I said, you know, this is, it's, it's, we're trying to, we're trying to do a marriage with, uh, bringing in some of the, the old, <clears throat> old school, um, ideas and, and, and we're definitely going to introduce this new thing, which honestly, not going too far down that rabbit hole, uh, honestly, this new thing that we're introducing is really an old thing. It's mm-hmm. going to mess you guys up when I said that, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this new, this new idea is a, an old thing. Um, but it has nothing to do with the Marvel universe, but we're going to make it. So. Oh, man. I know. Are killing me. I know. Me. Well, I will tell you, uh, um, I, uh, I was a backer, uh, back in the day of your thousand, uh, on Kickstarter. I know it didn't. Oh, know. wow. Thanks. Funded, man. So, so like I, I was wondering, like, you know, I wouldn't, like, I don't know if that, I don't know the story of the whole story there. I remember it was like, Years back, it was an MTV thing, I think, right? And then you did the Kickstarter. But, like, is that something, like, where, like, you kept the kernel alive? Is that, like, really a passion project such that if, you know, if this year or next year, like, you could maybe, like, do the do the funding now? Like, would you consider that? Or is that kind of like you've been there, done that, and you've moved on to other ideas? Like, is that? <clears throat> well, I mean, always wanting to do uh, something with, with my ideas. And honestly, uh, because of what we the contract that we got to do this trailer for this video game mm-hmm. property, we, we got enough funding from that to where we're going to do a trailer of 1000. Oh, sweet. Okay, cool. So that's our, our most immediate thing after we're finished with, uh, this game property. So, you know, it, 
hindsight, I'm so glad I didn't make that Kickstarter go. <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> I learned a lot. I learned a lot. Um, we would have still been working on that project with no funding. Guarantee you, we were mm-hmm. on that because we we just didn't know what we were doing. I learned so much on <clears throat> budgets and you know what stuff really costs. We really lowballed. Um, that yeah, you were trying. I think you were trying to raise what, like sixty sixty thousand back then. I think something like that. Yeah, to do what we were the, what we were talking about doing. Um, honestly. 500k is a modest number. Yeah, well, animation's no joke, right? Right. 2D, 2D. That's why you don't see a lot of it out there. Mainly in, um, you know, um, the North American uh, market. You know, you see the big films and stuff that everything's all 3D because, you know, once you rig this thing in 3D, you can turn it and move it around and do whatever you want to with it. Um, it's all done. Sure. After you rig it, <clears throat> so you can have it do whatever you want it to do. The lighting and all that stuff is all, you know, there. Um, with animation, that's all by hand. Even with the computer side of it, and having some of that technology, you still have to put, you know, uh, illustration into into it um, as part of the process. That's the the, the foundation of the. Of the uh, of the of the process, so you know, it's a it's a lot of work. I have total respect for the guys that still do it. A lot of the Asian companies, um, studios, you know, um, my hats off to those guys. I, I see, I, tu- I truly see now what what they go through and why a lot of the stuff, like even the <clears throat> the direct the DVD stuff, like my boy uh, Phil. Rosa, who's uh, he goes by Philly B on on a lot of the forums and, and um, like Deviant Art and stuff like that. But he's a designer, character designer for all the Warner Brothers direct the DVD stuff and um, the new Batman Black Bad Blood that just dropped. Yeah, um, you know he was just telling me just how they have to farm out everything overseas. <clears throat> because they just couldn't afford they don't have the budgets to handle that kind of work in house solely. Um and that's Warner Brothers. So, you know, uh very very eye opening once we got into the process. But yeah, we're we're trying to do something that's a little unconventional by producing uh 2D animation um through our studio. We're not focus on 3D or anything like that. We have 3D, some components, but it's mainly 2D. That's great, man. Yeah, I, I look forward to seeing that come to life because I know that's been a journey for you, a passion, so yeah. to speak. Cool. So, uh, I mean, listen, you know, one thing that's clear, I think, from talking to you is that you're, you know, you're a bit of a renaissance man. You like to do lots of different things. So uh, is this one of those things where you guys are just going to, like with Power Man and Iron Fist, you're going you're gonna to be in it to win it like for as long as the book, you know, the sales are there and, and the, and the, you know, Marvel's positive, you know, the, the, the books, you know, are you in it for the long haul? Like if, I mean, if the book can, you know, could you envision this being a thing where you're, you and David are involved with it for, you know, years versus like an arc or two? I mean, is that, the, is that the goal at least? Well, yeah, that's, that's always a goal okay. is to, you know, to, to make this kind of a, you know, I'm not going to lie. I mean, we're, we're trying to make this thing 
you know, this side of Hawkeye, like what Fraction and Aja did, you know, mm-hmm. even though it's not the same, you know, type of, you know, uh, story and content, but it's still, it's, it's different. It was so different that it was, it was, you couldn't deny it. He was like, wow, this is, this is, this, this is something I just, I, I can't put down because it has, it's so off, off center, you know, and, mm-hmm. you know, this is, this is the, this is a lot more tied into the, to the main Marvel universe, <clears throat> but, um, it's definitely something that's going to have, uh, some, some, some beats and, and, and things of that nature that's, it's a little off center and we, we hope, um, it, it catches the unconventional eye as well as the, uh, traditional eyes. Cannot wait. All right. So I have a, I have a dad question to ask you. All right. You are a dad of two sons, if I'm not mistaken, right? Oh yeah. All right. Yeah. So I have three sons. So, um, ha- number one, have you, have you seen Straight Outta Compton yet? It's, my favorite movie last year. Perfect. Nice. Now here's yeah. the issue. I think at least one of your sons is a teenager, right? Yep. Okay. Uh, did you, did you watch the movie with either of your sons? And if so, was your wife cool with it? Uh, <laughs> I where this is going. <laughs> so can I ask you a question? Sure. Which one of your sons do you want to watch the movie with? That your wife no, so <laughs> well, <laughs> I have three kids, uh, seven, seven, ten, and thirteen neck in a couple weeks, and uh, okay, and I, my wife was out doing a thing with the ladies. Oh shit! Uh-huh. My my seven year old was in bed because he goes to bed earlier, and I said to my, my other two sons, "Let's watch Straight Outta Compton," and we watched it, and it was great. Right, and my wife was yeah, feeling it, some kind of way about it. Was it the director's cut? We, no, we well, we chose the theatrical version. Okay, All right. but I, I said to her, I said, "Listen, I don't understand, like, why you're upset because, like, let's be honest with ourselves. Number one, our both these sons of mine, they they both listen to hip hop, right. and in particular, my oldest, he he knows every word to every NWA, Ice Cube, Snoop Dogg song. I mean, he knows all the words. <laughs> okay, so I'm like, hun, like, there's nothing like, like he's been listening to this music for years now." You know, and, and so I, like, I don't see, it's not like this is newness to him, but she was still thought that it was different. She thought it looked like it was somewhat inappropriate to like encourage him to watch a movie like that, that had so much profanity. And, you know, and I was like, listen, I mean, like if you're listening to the music, the music's the life and it's like all tied in. I don't really see an issue, but so I was just curious again, as a fellow dad who, uh, who has, a, you know, a strong woman by his side and some sons <laughs> that are likely probably, you know, I'm just wondering, did you, did, did you watch it with your sons? Are they allowed to watch that sort of thing? Or did you, did you make the decision that my wife first time made and said, I'm going to watch it, but you can't? My, my seven year old watched it by himself. There we kidding. go. I'm just kidding, man. I'm just oh. kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Good, uh, but, um, I would watch it with my 14 year old because he's 14 uh, now, right. just turned 14. Here, here's the thing that with that whole deal, I wouldn't let my seven-year-old watch it because he's already like a sponge with most stuff. And he thinks it's just like, because I hear it or see it, I can say it. Ah, yes. It doesn't work like that. Mm-hmm. Not in real life. Yeah. Um, but, uh, 
and this even may go for the seven year old too. I mean, at school, if you don't think you're not hearing this kind of language every five minutes, then that's right. You know what I'm saying? You're, you're mistaken. So, you, you know, you can't dance around or shield off because they're at school 90% of the time anyway. So whatever you're concerned about them seeing or hearing, they're already seen it and already heard it and might even be seeing it. You know, they won't say it around you or whatever, <clears throat> maybe. But, you know, at the same time, they, they're, they're around it. They see it. <clears throat> or hear it or whatever. So, um, I don't get too bent out of shape about it. You know, my, and my wife, she came around to it because after I, I had that conversation with her, you know, about that, I said, look, he plays football. My son plays football. Mm-hmm. What do you think that he's hearing on the football field? Yeah, same here. You know, even, even with the coach, even with <clears throat> the coaches out there, you know. They don't mince words with these guys. So, oh, that's for sure. You know, so I, I just say, you know what? It's a part of it. You know, I said, do, do I do it personally or do I do it around certain people? No, I don't do, I don't, I don't do that. So just follow my league in that. You know, you're around it. Fine. But you don't have to do everything or say everything that you see and do. You know what I'm saying? Just have your own mind, have your own. You know what I'm saying? Just be, be, be someone that doesn't have to be a follower, man. You know. Yeah, we're of the same mind there. I mean, I, that's, you, you, you hit on it. I mean, first of all, and this is my wife's not in the, in the clouds about this. I mean, I know for a fact that my two old, my, my two older sons definitely, uh, have on occasion used profanity around their friends for sure. Mm-hmm. And to your point, they're smart enough and have heeded our warnings enough to know that they don't ever use it around other, you know, adults, ourselves, teachers, things like that. And, you know, and that, look, I, my thing is like the reality is the reality. I, when I was a 12 year old or 13 year old kid, I know I was using profanity. I mean, it's yep. just a fact. And right. I always tell my kids, listen, and I can't say I don't use it sometimes, you know, even now as an adult, but I always tell them like, right. remember what profanity is like profanity is a, it's a verbal tool for, to allow someone that's not articulate to express themselves. So mm-hmm. there's always a better way to express yourself, but, but admittedly, look, yeah. sometimes, sometimes, you know, profanity can just get it done. And I, so I, I'm not like, no, I mean, like for a lot of people. And I, so, yeah. but my point is, is that like you're like all I, all I ask of the kids is that they, if they can prove that they're able to compartmentalize it and use it in an appropriate place with their peers where no one else is around, I can't stop them if I wanted to. That's totally fine. But so, but that said, like, let's get to the, you, I, you thought it was the best movie you saw last year. I, I, I mean, I definitely think it was phenomenal. I was very nervous about seeing it because I, uh, you know, I just wasn't sure. I mean, how Hollywoodized it was going to be and like how right. they kind of sugarcoated it. And they didn't, I don't think they sugarcoated it much. No. I mean, of course, like with anything, they, they constructed a very tight narrative, like, you know, like a little forest gumpy at times where like certain people would walk into a room, you know, there was a little bit of that, but at the same point in time, yeah. really, yeah. Really, yeah. really well done. I mean, very yeah, well all a little too coincidental. Like this thing happened in this incident and then here comes a, a character that right. Like Snoop wanders to- in when Dre's on the keyboard and he's like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. all right, all right. Well, yeah. That, yeah. That's, that's exactly one of the scenes that I thought about. I was like, really? That didn't happen like that. But you know, um, yeah, I, I, I loved it. I loved it. I mean, Shame it, it doesn't, it didn't get a lot of, um, Oscar nod, but you know, yeah. that's another, that's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, that's probably true. 
Uh, and also, so, uh, I want to, before we wrap up, I'll, if you want to shout out, like, you've been doing this cool thing for Black History Month. You've been doing, I don't know if it's like a warm-up sketch every day or just a sketch in general every day, but you've been trying to, like, you know, bat, like, like pound out a, you know, uh, 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 you know, an African American leader or someone that you, you know, uh, I think you right. did, uh, Langston Hughes today, right? And, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's been pretty cool. So I guess that's, uh, I guess your goal is to do one every day this month. Is that, is that the plan? <laughs> yeah, that, that's the plan. Um, I don't, I mean, it's kind of funny just how it just hit me the day of. It'll make up. a great sketchbook, my friend. Say it again. It'll make a great sketchbook if you want to. Yeah. Make, I, uh, you know, um, it's funny. I, I think, Monday was the first and, um, you know, of course, you know, you see some tweets and stuff on Facebook or whatever. And I, and I was like, Oh my gosh, today's the first day of Black History Month. And I was like, Hmm. And I don't know. It just hit me to maybe just draw a character or, or, or a figure, I should say, um, to kind of, you know, commemorate the start of it. And then as I was drawing, um, this is Frederick Douglass. I was drawing him and, and, uh, you know, I just thought, Hey, you know, maybe let's see if I can do like, uh, are you familiar with this thing called Inktober? I don't know oh, if you've heard of it. Oh yeah. 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 <clears throat> you know, with that, um, that, that, that was kind of the, I don't know. It just hit me like, you know, what if I do one of these a day and, um, like Inktober, an ink piece a day. And I just said, all right, let's try this and see what happens because I don't, I didn't think anyone, I didn't know of anyone that actually did anything like this, um, you know, for the specific genre or what have you. So I thought it would be kind of cool to have my own little niche there and, um, maybe kind of boost a little bit of the profile at the same time, you know, um, and, you know, ultimately just, being able to uh kind of get my creative juices going um or or just my skill set is inking a little um just figuring out some things every day just kind of learning some new tricks or or art art direction art direction um inking these pieces so uh it's a it's a it's a a benefit a beneficial thing all the way around so Definitely very cool. Yep. Uh, well, boys, you want to, uh, I, I don't want to keep the man too late. Man's got to, uh, get back to drawing, I'm imagining. <laughs> oh yeah, I got, I got issue That's three right. I got in the can. That's right. So. I'm still trying to piece together the, the hints that he dropped during this episode. <laughs> like, where well, is he well, going? Soon with enough, what we're is going to happen? One in our, in our, in our, and in when, our when does the first issue? Now, now wait, wait, we, before. Now, you convinced Marvel to go the Dark Knight three root on this like we're going to get a hardcover version of each issue right? <laughs> no oh okay <laughs> say that one more time we're going to get a what do you oh, oh you mean a hardcover like a literal hardcover? yeah yes of every single issue <laughs> no um, no no that would be so nice well that that's i mean that's that's what the Euro, european they do those albums you know yeah. exactly yes well i you've already <laughs> talked to idw about the artist edition right Oh gosh! <laughs> now you you got to be you got to be you know an artist from the seventies or eighties to get one of those, man. You're gonna break that mold, sir. <laughs> Do it. That would be kind of cool. Aim high, come on, aim high. 
here, here's what, what, what our hope is with this. I mean, just from that standpoint, from the marketing standpoint, that it, it definitely, you want to sell out, you know, I don't mind being a sellout for this. Um, you know, we, we want to, we want to, uh, get some, some, some nods on some, uh, awards and stuff. I think that, that, that's going to break some molds, I think, a little, um, in my opinion. And I'm not shy about it, about asking, or not asking for it, but expecting it, I should say. Um, you know, working towards that, making that our goal, uh, because by the end of the first arc, I think all of the pieces will be in place for this thing to go f- for a long time. Um, nice. And that's what every writer wants. Um create a team once but um yeah i'm i'm particularly excited about issue three and just introducing this new this new idea and um we'll go from there excellent i would wish you luck but i don't think you need it (laughs) well i appreciate that good sir yes listen so it sounds like uh we will see you next month in chi town yeah, yeah, I'm definitely excited about that. Um, we get to cut into the front of the line, right? Say hello. Hey, you are you always you are always at the front of the line with me, man. Nice. Uh, oh boy. Always lobbying, Vince. <laughs> got to lobby. You got to always lobby. <laughs> well, you're good at it. You're yeah, very good at it. To do it. Hey, that's 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 what it's all about, man. You know, right. it's it's who you know. It's who you know, man. It's very true. Yes, sir, man. It dropped. He dropped. Fire on my Phantom X. I gotta, gotta show him love. <laughs> well, I tell you what, I, I, I wish I could, uh, well, there's, like doing con sketches is one of those things where, like, I'm doing these, these black history pieces, right? They're not for anyone. Sure. I feel so relaxed, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know what? Let me let me see if I can channel some of this when I hit that same energy into commissions and stuff. You know, because commissions are all about. Okay, like, so that that I mean, you know, it seems like there's a love hate relationship with a lot of artists when it comes to con commissions. Like, is that the case with you? Like, you like it's 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 as much stress as it is reward. Do you find that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think yeah, absolutely. I mean, and it's not even just the it's the 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 thing of okay would I be happy with this if if I had if I was doing this for me would I be like whoa this is great you know um or what have you then you know but at the same time I know there there are things that I like that I know a lot of people would not like you know what I'm saying um so I try to have that balance between something that people are interested in or they like or the, the types of things that they, they tend to gravitate towards <clears throat> and, um, and then throw in a little bit of flavor. <laughs> if Absolutely. You see, I know that you're like, I know like a guy like, um, like Kennedy, I know he is, he's just going to give you exactly what he does. Period. There's no, yes. or even Scotty is this what it is, you know, but, um, what they have is such a, overpowering approach to what they do. It's like undeniably. You already know because the signature is so defined 
on what they do. Mm-hmm. No matter what it is, their signature overpowers the art, if that makes sense. Absolutely. You know, and, and so I'm trying to find that. I don't know what that is for me. It's like, you know, there are times where I'm like, oh, I want to go this way. I want to go this way. And so it's like, that's why commissions sometimes can be, uh, <clears throat> it can be a, 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 a intense thing for me. <clears throat> Overall, I enjoy, I enjoy them, but, um, there's those moments <clears throat> where you're like, oh man, I want to go. I, I, I had this thing in my head, but when I, when I put it on paper, it's not happening. So I end up going another way and I'm like, did I really want to go this direction? Mm, well, this is what it is now. <laughs> so, sure. You know, you just have to ride with it, you know, and I'm not taking that like, like with your piece. I think that was a piece I was just in a zone because I like that character and some of the directions I wanted to go. I was, all right, here we go. You know, now even like there are things that I, that I have learned recently that I can go, you know, even further with commission work and that's what any artist you know it's called growth so well i mean to your point it's uh it's as someone who who admittedly gets a lot of of artwork and cons um i've come to learn that like a like a good con or a pre-con piece of art like a, a there are people that can put that kind of thing down that frankly aren't like really great sequential artists you know and, and then flip side but, and I think people maybe know that, like there are people known as pinup artists, you know, but then I think what people forget is that equally so, there are some amazing cartoonists out there. Oh yeah. That, that don't necessarily make great, like still sketches, cause it's like not their thing. Like they, like they want to tell a story all the time and it's like they're not in their comfort zone. So, you know, my thing is always I want the artist to do what they're comfortable with. And I think it's, I want it to be, like I wouldn't ask, like I wouldn't pay someone to do something like that if, if I didn't want their interpretation of it, you know? Right. Um, and I would say the time, and, and I've been fortunate very few times I've been like genuinely disappointed in a piece and I would never put those people on blast. But, but yeah. of the few pieces that I am disappointed in, it's largely because of kind of what you're getting to where I felt like there was no inspiration to the piece, you know, like mm-hmm. meaning that like they kind of just did it cause they like, it's the character that I asked for and like, they didn't really try and make it their own. They just like, all right, well I'm going to pull up some reference and just draw that character like in a still pose like that. And again, like, you, you know, it's, it's their right to do that. But like, it's, I, I want it to, like, I want it to be evocative. If it's a character that's well known, I want it to look like their version of the character such that, right. like, when I look at this 20 years from now and I'm half senile, I'm still going to know, who, <laughs> like, who drew that, right? You know? Right. Um, but look at, like you said, but like, I just laugh because, again, we've talked about it a few times, like, Scotty's our boy. Like, you know, Scott, like, there are certain things that Scotty doesn't like to draw at a con. Like I'm, you know, like David gets and I both get jam pieces, you know, like the, we've sh- I showed you that, you know, you, you worked on one, like the, you know, like the head sketch jams and like Scotty hates them. Like he, yeah. like he flat out hates them. Like he's like, God, he's like, I hate doing these. I like, he did one for me last year cause he's my friend. He's like, I wouldn't like, he's like, this shows you how much I love you because I hate these things, you know? And it's like, <laughs> listen, I respect it, man. You know, you gotta do you, you know? Right. But, uh, and then there's dudes like, like Sean Murphy. I mean. We met, the three of us met Sean, I think the first New York Comic Con before he was quote unquote Sean Murphy, you know? Yeah. In fact, he had just been signed by DC. And I remember at that show, I asked him if he was doing sketches and he said, no, I'm taking this con off because I just got signed by DC and I'm just going to celebrate. But like, 
I laugh at that because, like, nine years later, like, he pretty much doesn't draw cons. Like, it's been a nine-year break. (laughs) (laughs) And more power to him. Like, hey, you know, he's got he's he's about that life. He's he can he doesn't need to. But but uh, yeah. So that's why I always wonder. Like, I I, like most of the time, artists, yourself included, are very gracious about about the work. But I always think to myself, a little part of me is always thinking, like, did they hate doing this? Like, is this like something they're doing because they they just want to cover their nut at the show and they wish they didn't have to do it? You know, and I don't think that's the case for most guys, but occasionally it is, I think. Right. right. So, but you killed mine, man. So anyone that's listening, if you are doing con sketches this year and, uh, and was wondering if it's worth it, it's definitely worth it. So. Absolutely. Well, um, I, I think I am doing All right. some, so, uh. You heard it here first, people. <laughs> oh boy. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I gotta, I gotta be mindful of stuff, but you know, of course, like you guys are. You know, top of the list. Oh, my man. Uh, yeah. Well, listen, uh, thank you so much for coming on, sir. And, yeah, uh, listen, uh, again, I mean, I think it's been pretty clear to everybody, but Power Man and Iron Fist is dropping. Uh, go support the book. Hopefully I'll pre-order it because pre-orders are super important. But if you didn't pre-order it, go to your LCS and get it. And, uh, yes. and buy the trade, but don't wait for the trade. Like buy the issues no. and get the trade too and give the issues away or something like that. It's going to sell out. I hope so. Easy. I hope so. I hope so. I mean, yeah, uh, February the 17th is nice. the, uh, the due date. And, um, yeah. Uh, so it's a big week. We're all going to go see Deadpool in the theater. That's true. Gonna, what? Yeah, that's true. Go okay. see Deadpool with Power Man Iron Fish, uh, issue one in your back pocket rolled up. I was Man. just going to say that. <laughs> rolled it up and stick it in your best pocket. That's awesome. great. Yeah, that's that's that that's that ten year old dream right there, man. You yep. see, you know, a, a movie I used to go see, you know, whatever Star Wars or ET or whatever, and I have a Avengers comic book in my in my back pocket. Man, need those. Pictures. Back then, it would have cost you two fifty. These days, twenty bucks, twenty five bucks easy. Twenty five bucks. I mean, five yep. five bucks would have got you a movie and a book. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> about that. Good cool. Well, thanks a lot, sir. Thank you for being here. Absolutely. Everyone, uh, Thank you guys. And we will see we you in a, a few time. weeks and uh, enjoy the enjoy the ride. I think it's going to be a fun one. Uh, thank you. Looking forward to it. All right, Sanford. Have a great night. All right, y'all. Peace. Peace. Bye, man. You well. That book's going to destroy. That's going to be great. And it couldn't happen to nicer guy. Seriously. Yeah. And, uh, so, so humble. He is disgustingly talented. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so are we. Because this is 11 o'clock comics sponsored by discount comic book service. I don't remember what we talked about in the lead in as far as specials go. So you know what? Let's do it up. Let's select three more of this month's specials. This is a banner night for DCB service. Um, from Marvel, it's Astonishing Ant-Man, trade paperback volume one, written by Nick Spencer, art by Ramon Rosanas. Mark Brooks did the cover and is fantastic. The cover price is $19.99. Jason, what are they going to pay? They're going to pay uh, $9.99. Exactly. Nice. You are so good. Pick a number. Between one and what? Uh, let's go... One and twenty. I'm on page two. I'm gonna go with uh seventeen. 
you picked. <laughs> oh, you're uncanny. Written by Rob Williams. Art by Michael Dowling. Cover art by Matt Taylor. It's unfollow. Yeah, Vertigo. Vertigo. Nice. Yes, cover price is fourteen ninety nine. But you, as a DCB service subscriber, can get this for. Seven dollars and forty nine cents. I'm 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 on this. Excuse this is like, me. This is like the beginning of my time as far as Vertigo goes. David, pick it. Between what and what? Let's go. Let's be special for David. Let's go a hundred. One to a hundred. Sixty nine. Oh Jesus. <laughs> Two, four, six. My goodness. My man. It's like the paper with the, the pick a number. Pick a oh, color. David, look at you. From Archie, it's written by Ian Flynn, art by Patrick Spaz, Spaziante, and various. It's Mega Man Master Edition. <laughs> look at this. $24.99 cover price. Yours for half that. $12.00. And 49 cents. David, I'm impressed. I'm here for you. He planned it. You are. Yeah, I'm I'm impressed with both of you. And in your travels, I'm not going to go too deep with this because I want to do exactly that next week. But $20 is the cover price. I got it for much less through DCBService.com. It's published by Dover Comics and Graphic Novels. Written and illustrated by a man most commonly associated with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I am talking about Mr. Jim Law Son. The book in question is Paleo, the complete collection, literally a life and death struggle in a world that wants to destroy you from the moment you wake up till the moment you go to bed. Well, not bed, till the moment you shut down at night. Everything in this book is a life or death struggle. Finding food, protecting your young, uh, just traversing from one point to another point. Everything could result in your death. It is a brutal, brutal truth. Uh, nature's underlying tenets of, of, of existence. It's kill or be killed. Eat or be eaten. Uh, this book is fantastic. It, it takes the, um, the original, I believe it was nine issues and adds, um, extra stuff, maybe three issues worth of, of, of stuff. Um, has a 10 page history of dinosaur comics by the Dean himself. When I say dinosaur comics, what name do you think of? Not Mark Schultz. That would be what I thought what, of. What, what's the next one? No. Stephen Bissett. Oh. Tyrant. Oh, yeah. Sure. Yes. Uh, he does a 10-page comprehensive overlook of, um, overview. Overlook was a stupid word. Overlook of dinosaur comics. Uh, this book is fantastic and it's not wordless. There is a all-knowing, all-seeing narrator. Which makes it even better. Because if it was wordless, you would read, this goes about 400 pages, 300 and 
80 pages? Yeah, about 380 pages. You could read this not stopping to marvel at the beautiful art in about 20 minutes. But thanks to the, the, uh, omnipotent narrator, it takes a lot longer and it, 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 the struggle is devastating. Um, aging dinosaurs trying to, um, recapture some of the, their vigor of, of youth. You have the alpha male trying to exert his dominance and supremacy over the pack. You have a mother who just wants to protect her young. This book is fantastic. Read it. It's called Paleo, the complete collection. Again, from Dover Comics and Graphic Novels, I really want to talk about yeah, this. Yeah, I can't next. wait for you to get dig deep, really deep into this next week. No, it's great. Why did I not just get really deep? Yeah, you kind of did. You're busting my balls. Because they're cute. That's little, okay, though. I need that. Fuzzy. Go ahead. In your travels, um, I'm going to run with the third issue of Jacked. Written by Eric Kripke and art by John Higgins. This issue. It's the Doug Wonky comic, isn't it? <laughs> That's what I said. <laughs> it was awesome. It is not the book about Doug Wonky. It is, uh, it's, it's about Josh who is popping a pill, gives him, uh, enhanced strength. It kind of makes the hairline not recede so much, uh, lets him last a little longer in the sack with the missus. This is. Where do I get this? Where do you, where do, where do I get this pill? Well, he got it from, from a dude online. And when he called to find out about side effects and shit, the, uh, there's a cutaway where it looks like the DEA is knocking down this dude's door and, and basically written ready to cart him off. So, um, there's really not much in the way of, uh, support for this pill, but this issue, Josh decides to, um, let his brother know. Cause his brother's the one who said, listen, you know, I got some pills I want you to try. You know, you really need to, I, 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 I need you to like, you know, live life. You're fucking, you're mopey. Uh, so Josh doesn't take any of the pills his dentist brother offers him. He, he finds these other pills online. So when he, um, when he shows up at his brother's office and, and basically shows off and, and gives a display of what he can do, his brother's wigging the fuck out and, uh, he's just, uh, they, they, they run some blood tests and he, uh, he's asking his brother, he's like, so does, that, does this drug work on everyone who takes it or is it like just me? He goes, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just a dentist, Josh. I'm not even a real doctor, which mm-hmm. is something that his brother has been begging him to admit for years. So he, um, he, he's, he's, he promises his brother, the dentist, he will stop taking the pill turn the page and he's about to pop a pill in the car and his neighbor knocks on the car window and and the neighbor is the woman he saved last issue by um breaking down the door of their house and stopping her husband from abusing her but when uh but of course it doesn't she get, really she gives him some sweet sweet love no she, she she uh she says listen um my husband's brother is really suspicious doesn't believe that uh he he you know snorted some of his coke and and wigged out and fell down the stairs himself and and that's why he's in a coma in the hospital um but what's awesome is while they're while they're having this conversation in the car 
these other two dudes are watching them talking and they go back to the husband's brother, who's the guy who has all the coke. And, and they're like, yeah, um, we, we saw Jess talking to her neighbor and, and dude is, is all like, so you, her, her brother-in-law is like, so is this, you think this neighborhood guy, you think this neighbor dude is, is the guy who, uh, fucked up my brother? And they're like, no way, man. He looked like he was just going to shul. And I lost it at that point because no one ever uses, unless it's fucking Art Spiegelman or, or like, no one is going to use the word shul in a comic book because, because the dude's like, what the fuck is shul? And he goes, temple, synagogue. He looked like a big fucking pussy is what my point is. And, and I'm like, huh. this dude just broke down goddamn Hebrew school. I love it. I did my favorite comic so far this year, but it's, um, it's it it's just he Josh comes up with an idea on how to make this all right and and uh make it look like you know I I got a plan on on how we can handle this whole thing with uh you know basically turn the tables on 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 these drug dealers and he goes to show up at the neighbor's house but he just like waltzes right in and passes these two dudes who are on on either side of the door so now Josh and his neighbor Jess are in the back seat. They're about to go. Sweet, sweet love. No, no, no. They're in the back seat because they've been kidnapped to go Aww. to the brother-in-law. Uh, but the pill kicks in for Josh and, and, uh, he, he tries to save the day. And then maybe the pill wears off. I'm not saying, but there's some, this is not, it's not a subtle issue. There's a lot of shit that happens in this issue. Um, Vertigo, it's, right? It's a Vertigo book. Uh, the last page is uh, the last page is kind of a, a, a an oh shit moment, and and it, it's every every issue ends with me needing the next issue. I'm I'm loving the cliffhanger for these first three issues, and and uh, it's it's crazy. It's it's nothing like. Anything else I'm reading from anybody else really, you know, it's, it's, it's not Spider-Man. It's not an Avengers book. It's not, it's just, it, it's not Lois and Clark. This is just completely batshit crazy. It's kind of like how I used to feel, uh, with the guilty pleasure of, of the Punisher where it's like, you know, I just, I need to turn my brain off and I just want to read something that's just, just nuts and, and I can just lose myself for a little bit. And that's, that's what Jack is, but it's a little, heavier a little bit more I, it, i'm not gonna say it's highbrow compared to something like the punisher but it's just it's it's like that just on a different level for me don't feel guilty about stuff you love damn it that's right and i don't i don't i don't use the term guilty Hate pleasure that. i know i know it's and it's it, it's it's kind of like an oxymoron it's it, it's a silly yeah. phrase but it is i i'm not against that term but i i i don't feel guilty about anything i read and enjoy but it's i i kind of twisted the the term to not really mean what right, it actually right. means but yeah i will say though there's not enough sweet sweet love in this book no there isn't there isn't Damn. there was there, there was i'm still gonna there buy was some pretty sweet sweet love between josh and his wife after he started 
uh, popping the pills because before the pills, he, he's like, love. he's like, it, 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 it lasts he barely a minute, but yeah, yeah, yeah he's just lasts a little longer. Everything's good. They're, they're in the bathtubs on the cliffs, watching that sea, but it's, it's, uh, I work out. I work out. Huge. <laughs> I work out. <laughs> <laughs> what you got, bro? Well, you know, uh, just real quick, uh, this isn't my in your travels, but speaking of, uh, oh, Avengers books, all new, all different Avengers number four. That was so hot. Our man Mahmoud taking over. Held it. God damn. My man worked it out. That's all I'm going to say. Worked yeah. it out. Yeah. Next level. Gets better and better. And he was already great. Um, in your travels, um, the, uh, the team that, uh, really redefined the idea of digital comics, uh, over the last few years, Mr. Mrs. Brian K. Vaughn and Marcos Martin are back at it uh, with their panel syndicate offer. And this time they're crafting a story called Barrier. Uh, I did read Barrier issue number one, available digitally. And it is uh, quite a departure from their last series. Uh, essentially, it is a, at least the first issue was a look at uh, the complexities of uh, illegal immigration and the border. And you're seeing a tale concurrently. You're seeing, uh, the story of a woman, uh, here in the U S that, uh, is dealing with, uh, her land and the need to protect it. Uh, and the idea that, uh, drug traffickers have essentially tried to, um, start using her land for passageway and, uh, what she has to do to, uh, stop that from happening. And then on the other side, you're introduced to a young man who has a path that gets him eventually trying to get into our country. And, uh, as is there, as is typical of, uh, of, of Mr. Mr. Vaughn, we are left with a, uh, a quite the cliffhanger that, that tells me the story is going to go in a much different direction than I thought for most of the issue at the uh, end of the first issue and delves into a land of storytelling and frankly, uh, even beyond storytelling that Vince is very fond of. Nice. What the hell is that sound? I have sound? no idea. What sound? I, I thought, I thought it was on your side, Vince. It's a, no, me, I don't make a sound when I record. What, Not what sound? Not a single sound. It sounds like. It's almost like someone was like. Like somebody's tapping the shit. Or yeah. Oh, it might have been me holding the microphone. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry. So smart. Apologies. He is so freaking smart. <laughs> Damn. Was it this? Yes. Yes. Uh, exactly that. I really, I really, Damn. I'm like, Jason would not be doing something while he's talking. It's gotta be Vince. He'd be like cradling like Katie Lang. Get your hands off the microphone. <laughs> massaging it ever so lovingly. So yeah, so. See? so, so <laughs> Thank you, Dad. So barrier number one. <laughs> barrier number one. By, by, by Brian K. Vaughn and Marcus Martin from Panel Syndicate. Mm-hmm. You can, uh, if you're a cheap fuck, you can get it for free. If you're not, you can pay whatever you want yeah, and download the issue. Don't, don't be cheap. People make these. Or just wait. Look like a lady. Just wait a year and a half and they'll release a hardcover. Yeah, seriously. He's not Boy, you are butthurt over He is so that. bitter about that. He <laughs> really. I have to say, normally I wouldn't make a big deal about it, but that does have a point. I mean. Oh, he does. They he did does. write in the very first issue, like. Yes. And they made it very clear that under no circumstances would they ever print this book. I will never kiss another woman. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. Eat a bag of dicks. 
ever. They meant to say, uh, under no circumstances would we ever print this book unless the greenbacks are flowing. Seriously, unless Image Office is a <laughs> unless big Unless we do with The Walking Dead and they can print it. And and I, I saw how big, it's not even, I, you can kind of print it out bigger if you print up the PDFs on some decent paper. If you go legal size, it's right. going to be bigger than the hardcover. That's a very small book. Yeah, it's but the, hard, like the, the hardcover is expensive. Hardcover? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's for what, 40 bucks? For the hardcover? It's, like it's not cheap. Yeah, no, it's not, no. And well, I'm sure it's nice. I'm sure it's, it's really well good packaging. Well, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, it is. It's no Dark Knight 3. <laughs> <but>. I got to <laughs> say, though, those hardcovers, they're spectacular. They're thin. They really they're are. Thin. I can't. What it's one issue. Yes, they, of course, of course there's so been. It's, I, I I can't wait to have all eight of them lined up on my shelf. What is the picture going to be? What is it? It's, I bet you it's Batman. Going out of the limb there. Batman, right there in the show notes. I am ordering another DC book this month. Rebel. Seriously, uh, in addition to there's another Dark Knight thing. That I have to get. It's a, a personal, um, uh, you know, now I gotta go to the DCBS site and tell you exactly is it what the, it is. Is uh, the Dark Knight of True Batman story? Yes. Yeah, I, I have. That, that looks really good. I have that folded over too, cause I, I was trying to figure out, cause it's, it's Riso, which is great, but I was surprised yes. to see it's written by Paul Dini, which I'm like, oh, Paul so Dini, that is yeah. be cool. I guess he got jumped it's, and, uh, he and was beaten. Walking home one evening, he was jumped and viciously beaten within an inch of his life. Yes. Great. No, it's nuts. But it's Rizzo. Yeah. Yeah. And if, so, so if you're going to draw say, like, I'm, I'm super intrigued by the Rizzo, but I'm not at all interested in the story. It's like March. It's, it's like March for me. <laughs> yeah. No, it is. It is. I mean, one is a, <laughs> I'm not going to get into it, but. I don't know. I, I don't know if I You know what I mean. I'm not, I'm not talking about subject matter. Sure. I'm talking about in, interest level. Right. Mm hmm. Yeah. I mean, I figure with everything that Dini has done, I, you know, I, shit, the Batman animated series, there's, there's a lot to love him for, for that. So, I mean, I'll, I'm, I'm willing to go with the benefit of the doubt. And it's, it's a $20 hardcover. So what did DCBS have it for? I didn't, I didn't check. I just started turn, I, I just started, um, clipping corners to see what it is I'm, I'm looking for this month. So maybe next week we'll go through previews. I did a search for it and it came up immediately. The search engine on DCBService.com is robust. It is, yeah, it's speedy. Um, it's twenty two ninety nine cover price. Mm-hmm. Your price, eleven ninety nine. Nice. And it's a hard cover. But that's not only the one I'm ordering. I'm also getting, and God help me, I, I the reviews have not been kind. But the Godhead arc of the Green Lantern. With the new gods. Oh, right, 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 right. How can I say no to new gods? Yeah, I'm curious about it myself. And the trade paperback is half off. Yeah, because it's it's, bucks. it's close to like 450, 500 pages. It's a lot. It's a bargain. Yeah, it's 1240. Yeah. Well, the thing also... in previews I'm most excited about, and you guys probably, when you hear who did the book, you'll know what I'm talking about. The Fiction by Boom Studios. Written by Kurt Pyers. Artist is David Rubin. What up? Nice. Yeah, I saw that. I didn't get the section. I was going to say Rick Veach. 
Cannot yeah. believe I'm getting more Rubin. I can't believe it. And Micronauts number one comes out. <gasps> it looks good. Yeah, four ninety nine. Oh, little cares, bit. Huh? Yeah, well. I know. I know. I'm ordering it, but I'm just saying, forty pages, four ninety nine. It it's somewhat of a good deal. Not really, you know. But I got to have it, especially if you're going to put a Croyer on the cover. That's like putting. Yeah, a boot I know. I know. I did flat. see that. Yeah, I didn't. Um, Nothing really jumped out at me. I didn't, I didn't pour over the image section yet, but nothing jumped out at me really too much from there yet. Um, same thing with Dark Horse. I just, I, I was just kind of flipping around a little bit. I have not gotten past, uh, I haven't even gotten up to Aftershock yet. I'm up to the Action Lab section, so I got some ways to go. If you are one to, uh, buy the Marvel Masterworks, do not sleep this month because one of the all-time great Marvel comics According to Jason and many people, Hulk 181 comes out in the Marvel Indeed Hulk. Indeed, it does. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yep. Also, um, 182. Neil Gaiman's How to Talk to Girls at Parties. That's hardcover by yeah, uh, Bob that's Moon. That's Dark Horse. Yeah, I, I, I did see that. that. It's very strange. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm more interested in that because of Gaiman more than the brothers. Yeah. How to talk to women at parties when you're really looking at a guy. Across the room. I'm just kidding. Uh, so what is your in your travels, Jason? He doesn't have one. I did the barrier. I thought oh, that was. Yeah, you did. You did the barrier. I know he did, but I didn't know that that was your in your. I thought you said you. Yeah, he didn't do it well. Okay. No, I said I was going to, before I did my in travels, I was going to shout out Mahmoud on Avengers. That's right. Okay. Then I did in your travels. Because I wrote that I'll, down. I'm glad you guys listened to me. That's cool. I'll allow it. That's you, cool. No, if you say Mahmoud, I write it down. Anytime somebody says Mahmoud, it's down. Cause I love Mahmoud. Respect. Did you see his, um. Of course. Alright, I'm not even gonna say it then. There you go. Fine. What was, what was I gonna say? His pile of commissions? No, his Kylo Ren, which was awesome. Yeah, yeah it was. Fantastic. Yeah, it, was nice, it was loose too, it would look real good. I don't think it was too loose. I'm not saying it was too loose, it was Wait, just a little looser than. You didn't say too Thank loose. Thank you, see? I'm glad somebody listens to me. Damn. Damn. Oh, I'm glad it's the end of that. He's throwing blows. It's our final episode. I blame, I blame Sanford. He got oh, I, just got the, uh, I just got the part of the order form that has Dark Knight, a true Batman story. I'm going to fall asleep now, thanks. <laughs> you got beaten. You're just like oh, overlooking it. No. Get it. It's Rizzo. So? You got to get it. I don't have to get it's anything. Rizzo. Hardcover. OGN. What's not to love? OG Henny Low. I don't know. Man. Man. I gotta say, you stick to your guns. That's good. Man. To a point. All right, everybody. Thank you for being here well, with us once again. Jason, you too, and David. Um, we always appreciate your company. So come back and we'll appreciate you again next week. That's how we roll. Um, in the meantime, you better come back because David gets really weird when you're not here. He does. He says he doesn't, but he does. Please, in your travels, in the interim, say good night, David. Good night, David. I can't pull one over on you. You're too good. It's my superpower. Yeah. It's pretty sad, fuck superpower. I don't have superpower. <laughs> yeah, you do. My watch. Losing hair. You can't quit me. No. (laughs) That's very true.
I, I think, tried. I think, yeah, I think the the proof is uh, <laughs> pretty much obvious on that. <sighs> Bye. We love you so much. Later, y'all. Deuces. Get your seat to eat. It's Katie Lang. KD Lang. <laughs> I What's this Steven Tyler bullshit? What about it? Red, red, white, and you. He couldn't come up with a better fucking song. Red, white, and you. No idea what you're talking about. He's got this song now. He's doing country shit. Oh, man. I mean, he's 80 he years old. I mean, look at him. No, he's, he he's a sarcophagus. He's mummified by now. He should be dead. Not really, but... He's actually much younger than I thought he was. He's 68, isn't he? 67, yeah. He'll be 68 next month, though, yeah. Yeah, See, I was precog. That's what it was. He went to my high school. I'm really shocked by that. I figured he was in his mid-70s. No. no. I can't they're fucking coming out with a Forceworks trade. They are, and it's cheap. 40 bucks, 472 pages. Forceworks. Covered by Tom Tenney. That's the last person, the last time you're going to see him in the next 10 years. I'm just saying. It's like, uh, I've seen that goddamn picture in like over a decade. Did you ever read Forest Works again? Seriously. (laughs) No, I read it was coming out. Yeah, it's not even something you go back to. Is this a bad dream? I do not want to revisit this. It's like Thunderstrike. What? (laughs) (laughs) They run friends. Scramble